Good luck keeping your settings. Welcome to episode 130 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Friday, January 29th, 2021. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where 130, I'm getting some deja vu. Did we do the show before? I don't believe we did. Not that I recall, but from America's left coast, where the Internet is at least as stable as our society is. I'm Ryan Bemrose. So not at all. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, we have a ping. So the fact that that's a number is still a good sign. Yeah, it is. It is. I woke up this morning and I'm like, okay, I, this is all we would need is for my internet to be down and there'd be no grumpy old Ben show today because then the conspiracy theories yeah. would have been flying. Uh, and maybe we should feed into those because that d- does tend, at least in the short term, to increase popularity. Yeah, people well, might take but well over 100 when, people listening live right now. So hello. Hello, experts, trolls. Hello. Everybody that's catching us on the no agenda stream, no agenda stream.com. That's where we do these shows live on Friday and Monday. And just a a side note, you, you had mentioned your internet was down and I was going to say something in the opening, like, Oh, everything's solid here. You know, I don't know what, and then the music cut out right as, as you were playing the opening. So, okay. So there is, there's a possibility of, some internet shenanigans i mean yeah so we we may or may not have a full show and this time it won't be our fault no the other time completely our fault and it was uh i mean i don't know people said it was a rage quit and i'm like it was the calmest rage quit i've Uh, ever heard it it might have been but it was it was a rage quit and i i think that it was you know we we don't really need to go into this uh we we just took a vacation or uh that's why you know the show 130 is coming out a few days late and uh it was you know just unscheduled time off it's nice to take um, a day off now and then but it was i mean I yeah, can't, it was yeah. it was it was one of those days monday i mean the wife was off here which is normally not the case on monday i was you know having a little bit of a stomach ache all morning monday and that was also maybe a part of why it's like it's just time to pull the uh it's time to pull the plug. Uh, I, I think that that the easy you know what we let's just get an official explanation out of the way and and be done with it because i don't really want to dwell on that um but officially what happened is uh grumpy old ben's is a couple of people who know tech and are passionate about politics but on monday uh i got into we got into a discussion about which we do not have the level of confidence that we usually have when talking about a tech story. And um, the the show got derailed and I take a lot of credit for that. And usually I prefer to derail other podcasters shows, but this time somehow I managed to get ours and I apologize for that. Hey, it was but- our Mark and George 24 moment. And which is why when I put this audio file out there, it's called grumpy old Ben's underscore mags 24 because I figured that was just a nice callback 
Yeah. And I was I was so pissed when I saw that you posted the audio. I'm like, people don't need to see that. And then you made the argument. You're like, you know, we don't want to be Mark and George and we don't want to just delete it from the Internet. It, you know, so transparency, transparency. And I'm like, fuck you. God damn it. Using my own freedom of information against uh, argument against me. It stopped all of the people that were speculating and wanting to know. And I appreciate Strongly, if one thing came out of this that was a big positive, the amount of people that weren't listening live that once Monday afternoon, Monday evening rolled around that start going, hey, where's where's grumpy old Ben's? They missed it. And I that's uh, that's a humbling thing. It truly is. Yeah, I don't I don't get it either. But some people actually like listening to you and I talk. It is. It's good. I mean, and somebody pointed out maybe it was a Sir Matthew that said uh, we may have the least amount of fun doing the show <laughs> compared to everybody listening. So, I mean, that's the hard job. We're doing the hard job by doing the show. And well, such, such is the yoke of a podcaster. I have to get up really early at 8 AM and sit in the lazy <laughs> boy with a cat in my lap. It's, it's a tough life. See, and I was up at 5 AM preparing for the show and getting notes together and preparing stories and compiling clips. and. Well, no, I was up at really? five, but not for that. Oh, well, thank you, Adam. I do have one clip. I, I, I got to sleep in today. It was great because I've got notes left over from Monday. Do you want to get into a story? We could get into a story. I, mean, I do want to mention, too, because uh, Blue Douche in the troll room. And I hope that I hope he's feeling better. We always health karma to Blue Douche. He had a little bit of a stroke a few weeks ago, and that's never good. So you have to calm down. Yeah. You have to calm down. That, that's, that's a day wrecker. Yeah. And he was asking, you know, if it was okay to day drink. So when I went up to get my coffee, I'm like, oh, you know, there's, there's, there's a bottle of uh, Rebel Yell bourbon sitting in the same cabinet where I keep like the, you know, Truvia and stuff like that in the, in the pods. It's coffee creamer. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, okay, maybe <laughs> there was ever a good there's, show to, to have a little. There's a bottle of, bottle of bourbon sitting in the same pot where I brewed my coffee. Right. Just put a little coffee in the bourbon and it's perfectly fine for a morning pick me up to get you in the mood to be absolutely grumpy. And there's there's a few callback stories, which I always enjoy these because a lot of them show that we were right. And I mean, if there's really if there's only if there's only one reason to do this show, it is so we could say things on the record. And then, you know, three, six months, 12 months later, go, hey, look, we told you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's far less satisfying when when I'm telling my cat, hey, that thing that I yelled at the wall six months ago and nobody listened to, I was totally right. And the cat's like, whatever. Yeah. Well, one of those so is there's a Facebook. I mean, you remember when they were deleting all of those dangerous posts about hydrochloroquine? I do. They've reversed their viewpoint on that because it seems now there is official medical information coming out that says countries that were using hydrochloroquine when this this covid thing started 79 percent less deaths i believe was the number that can't be the explanation though because that's just straight useful scientific data and and studies it facebook wouldn't reverse their position based on on a study coming out, it would have had to be the narrative changed. So uh, could could it also correspond to WHO coming out and, and suggesting that hydrochloroquine actually did work 
I mean, it's possible, but that would also show that their narrative was, I mean, it was never the WHO saying not to use hydrochloroquine. Let's all remember who that was. And that was the news media and all the Democratic politicians saying Trump was a moron for suggesting it. Yeah, uh, it it makes sense. I'm just I'm just saying um, I I don't believe that Facebook is letting actual science dictate their policies. Uh, It has to be. I mean, uh, lots of things are changing in the last couple of weeks because, hey, we defeated that evil orange man. I know now it's like, what do we talk about? It's, I mean, we're opening up in Chicago and they're opening up in New York. They're opening up in California. All of a sudden, the numbers are going down. And it's like, is this uh, not also as we predicted, as was also so, predicted on no agenda, who is following it closer yeah. than we are. But it was it was so political the way this stuff was being handled. And the fact that these social media companies, I mean, they talk about holding Trump responsible for the Capitol riot. It's like, how many people died because they didn't get treated with a simple, easy, over-the-counter medication in a lot of countries, hydrochloroquine is? How many people died because social media demonized this treatment? And why aren't they going to be held responsible? Or maybe they are, but probably not. No, no, I they're they're pretty much indemnified from everything, you know, being more powerful than the president of the United States. They pretty much aren't beholden to laws anymore, which is why other countries. I just did a whole random thoughts on this. And if you're not listening to that show, you should be because it's just like this show. But with less Bembrose, random R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts dot com, Poland. And it seems Hungary is going to do the same thing. They're going to follow along. They're passing laws, which rather than censoring people, I thought this was genius because I know some people pointed out to me in Poland, the freedom of speech is not the same as it is here in the United States. I mean, if you say some things like against religion and stuff like that, you can be prosecuted. And I said, well, I get that. That's a whole different concept of what is free speech. But the laws that they're passing, it seems now in Poland and Hungary are if it is legal speech in that country, meaning if I could walk out my front door and say something and not get arrested for it, I can post it on social media. If social media blocks me, bans me, deletes the content, whatever, I can then go to my government and go, hey, these people did this. They have a board which goes, okay, is this legal here? And if it's legal in the country, they'll go to Facebook or whoever and say, reinstate this, or we're going to fine you $13 million was the equivalent in the United States funds, which I thought was great. I was listening to that episode and, and the, the Poland story, especially the proposed uh, rule or law, uh, really got me thinking because on its face, that seems like the kind of reform that is Section 230 in the U.S. requires is uh, we need, you know, these companies need to stop creating an extra legal framework around who can say what. And and in particular, they really need to stop being the arbiters of culture uh which has been a constant theme over and over again on this show at least um but the i i hope that the law in poland and i didn't look up the law the only thing i have to go on is is your random thoughts episode which was really good and people should go listen to it is um the idea of if it's legal you must be you must allow it on your platform or you'll get fined. I mean, that sounds like a really good idea for giant 
open-ended platforms like Facebook, like Twitter, where it's at least in terms of design and certainly the way it's sold, it, it's supposed to look like uh, a platform for everything, for everyone. Uh, everything has its place. Um, but would you apply that same law to say uh, a country music chat site when somebody comes in and says, uh, you know, death metal is the only music screw you all. Or, or how about something easier? Um, would you apply the same thing to spam? Uh, according to freedom of speech laws, um, spamming is technically legal, but almost everybody moderates that. So I hope that the law is a little more nuanced than that. Yeah. And with what you would really have to read into it, but otherwise I would say, I mean, yes, it comes down to people have the ability, as you've pointed out on social media sites and most sites that are bulletin board kind of re message board, uh, content management systems. You usually, if you're a user of those systems, have the ability to mute somebody, which is good. But you also do have the ability to do a certain amount of terms of service. And I do think the sites that are based upon one subject, you could definitely make the case, which is, well, this is a message board for, you know, the Garth Brooks fan club. So <laughs> if you're not talking about that, go somewhere else. I think the case can be made for that. It is the sites that are the umbrella sites, which are becoming, you know, more just ubiquitous in this is just the way we communicate now. And it's, it's horrible because even our buddy, Larry, who is now on no agenda social, which is awesome, you know, get a Mastodon instance, get hooked up in the Fediverse, but we end up because it's convenient quite often, just sending direct messages on Twitter. And I know we shouldn't be doing it, but it's convenient because that's where the connection is made. It's easier to do that than go well, and fire off an email. I know that can be done. It'll be convenient right up until one of you gets labeled as alt-right and muted. Which will be very soon, I believe, especially for Larry. <laughs> he's He's been pushing the content limits on some of these sites, and I appreciate that, but I'm sure... I've been loving Larry's content lately. Yeah, I'm sure the people at these uh, these social media sites might not like that but it occurred to me if this poland law passes now the facebook's and twitter's then have to decide how they want to deal with this because i'm assuming they want to do business in poland but i'm not sure if they do if they will pull the plug or not they're still threatening to google is to pull the whole plug on everything google in australia which is another thing we can get into a little later because that's another callback to a story we've done when it came to the news, you know, and paying and all the publishers and all that. But the social media sites are going to have to decide, well, OK, if we want to do business in Poland, we have to abide by that particular law. So one, I guess that's the question. What would they do? Would they just cut off Poland? Those are the two choices or say, OK, we'll comply and let anything legal in Poland be posted to Twitter or Facebook. And if that's the case, I'm going on Twitter from now on. Through NordVPN, <laughs> through a, through a Polish Pol VPN, yes, Polish <laughs> VPN, baby, because then I can say whatever the hell I want and go, oh, so I'm because at first I was thinking, well, you know, our politicians here in the United States are a little too left leaning right now and they will never push for this. But that is the loophole because they can't tell what, you know, where you where you're a citizen. So I'll just be posting from Poland. Congratulations. 
Well, until they, they circulate the block list of all VPN exit points, which a lot of sites use these days. Yeah, they'll certainly try to. I wouldn't doubt yeah. that. Uh, but this I is mean, where we are. That's a game of whack-a-mole. You're never going to get all of them, but you can certainly make it harder for users. Yes, which is why it's so hard, as we've talked about here quite often on Grumpy Old Ben's, to come up with a system or a law for these sites that are international is nearly impossible because it either has to be total free speech or you're going to run into the ire of somebody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Freedom of speech is Boolean. If if you censor anything, you don't have freedom of speech, period. You can't just say, oh, we want freedom of speech, but only for the kind of speech and the kind of topics that we want. And it, it results in your hypothetical Garth Brooks site doesn't have full freedom of speech. Now, it's generally okay for the people who come in and want to talk about Garth Brooks, but the people who want to come in and, and talk about welding on the site are not welcome to do so on that site. And generally people are okay with it. Um, the, as with all laws, the devil's in the details. And, and I have uh, lost my faith in any kind of lawmakers to work out the details correctly. Uh, because even places like YouTube and Twitter are using terms of service as the giant cudgel to beat people over the head with. And those are the same types of, you know, can, can you say terms of service are allowed on the small single subject site, but not allowed on Twitter when they craft the 10,000 word terms of service, the size of a small novel and expect everybody to agree to it before they can use the site. Right. Well, and it's a question of who is doing the moderating, which is one of the things the the uh, Polish politician pointed out was that it's it's nameless, faceless moderators at these social media companies that are deciding what gets through and what doesn't. That was also a really great point um, about just moderation practices online in general. And it is in. In in the modern era of nobody ever wants their, uh, it, you know, their feelings hurt. You don't want to put a face on things, especially now that that we have things like retribution and doxing. Right. Um, most moderation seems to be anonymous, and that is a significant problem in the transparency. Um, I I first encountered this long before I started on Grumpy Old Ben's when I realized, uh. On, on a site that I no longer use called Reddit, where all of the moderation that is done on any given subreddit is done by the moderator of the subreddit. But if there's more than one, there is no public moderation log of uh, who deleted a post or when a post was deleted. There's no there's no audit trail. There's no accountability, or at least there isn't one that's publicly accessible to the users. There is. I think there might be one to the moderators. Uh, but the result is that, um, you know, posts disappear, things get censored and you have no idea what happened. You don't even know who to talk to. You can ping the moderation team and uh, I, I pick on Reddit because that was my first experience. But every one of these, you know, if if Facebook decides that your post needs to be fact checked, you don't get to have a conversation with the person who did that and be like, well, did this actually, you know, here and here and here's my points and here's the reason why logically you're wrong. They don't care. They they've already moved on to go censor other people. Um, it, it you know in the no agenda troll room. Um, 
Well, we have that to a certain extent, because if, if somebody gets kicked, it's usually bot named Ben doing it. But in general, if you get kicked from the no agenda troll room, you know who's doing your kicking and you know why it happened. And if you ask, you're going to get an explanation. And right. I do believe in that kind of transparency. Right. Which is something you don't get on social media. You just get, oh, you've been blocked for violating our terms of service. And then you're supposed to go read the 10,000 pages of terms of service, I guess to figure out normally where you went wrong. And it's interesting to me because anybody that was following the election knows that Donald Trump's Twitter account, pretty much every tweet was instantly hit with a little message. Like the message here is in, you know, questionable, or this is, you know, false news. This is bullshit. This is whatever it is. Well, the story that was big right now or is big, this whole thing with GameStop and all these stock shenanigans. Well, yes, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ted Cruz are actually in agreement that this needs to be looked into. But when Ted Cruz said, you know, he, he would fully agreed with her and, you know, they should work on this. She came back with um, this is a quote from AOC on Twitter. I am happy to work with Republicans on this issue where there's common ground. but. You almost had me murdered three weeks ago. So you can sit this oh, one geez, out. Whatever. Uh-huh. Well, and then happy to work this with any GOP that aren't trying to get me killed. Now, this is not flagged on Twitter as misinformation. This is not no. flagged as being incorrect. It's like, how did Ted Cruz almost have her murdered three weeks ago? Now, in her mind, her size mind anybody that questioned the election results were are responsible for her almost getting killed in the capitol riots where no house members got killed so even got injured so uh maybe an unpopular opinion but maybe we should have questioned harder what which question no i i i i I have no desire for her to be killed or harmed because i don't believe that that violence should be used in that way for political ends but if if somehow questioning the election was able to make her no longer in congress (laughs) then i would be shouting it from every single hood of every car every rooftop every i I mean we should question a lot harder yeah i mean we've never heard Death by questioning. I mean, that is not one of the things when yeah. you were. I, I'm not aware of that particular cause of death. Besides, yeah. it'd probably be labeled COVID anyway. There's electric chair. There's firing squad. There's lethal injection. But I've never heard of uh, death by questioning. AOC, re- reach out to us, AOC, and let us know how death by questioning the legality of an election can do that. But this is the kind of stuff that's thrown a- around, which is. Why moderating anything becomes a really big problem when your moderating team seemingly on Twitter is the hundred percent leftist because you can't fairly moderate anything when it comes to politics when your moderators are all on one side. Now, if they were serious about wanting to have a fair and balanced system if i can steal fox news a slogan and i don't really believe fox is anymore at one point i kind of believe they were but you would have 
Well, you reach out to people in the government and be like, well, then give us, give us a team, give us six people, three on each side of the aisle that when there's a question, which is kind of what they're doing in Poland now, give us six people that if there's a question on a message, boom, it's going to you six and you're going to have to vote on it. You know, have some way to try to make that a little balanced. I would almost go farther and say that moderating in a political context is uh, automatically uh, a biased proposition. It's one of the reasons why political discussions are so difficult. Uh, You said, you know, all on one side. And I was kind of sitting here thinking, well, it would be just as bad if every single member of the moderation team were a Republican. Yes. Um, Fully agree. and and I think that it would not be an ideal solution if every one of them were either a hardcore Democrat or a hardcore Republican, because I personally would like to uh, have, you know, if if you're going to put a group of people in a position of authority over me, I'd rather they think for themselves regardless and make up their own minds. Uh, of course, that doesn't work when when you're being hired for by corporate. But. I mean, I don't want somebody who follows the Republican Party line and I don't see want someone who po- follows the Democrat Party line. But then what, you know, what party, what position a- at some point, you know, the only politics I really believe in are the individual. But every time that you decide to m- moderate content, um, you're silencing something. And it's easy to draw that line saying, uh you know, we have a no advertising policy and you're spamming for uh, a ball shaving equipment or, uh, you know, somebody pu- I, n- not that I that I just made that up. That doesn't refer to anyone. Um, or uh, if if you're on a, a Garth Brooks forum and you're like, no, I'm sorry, Trent Reznor is not a country singer. Uh, it, those are easy lines to draw. But saying um uh, you know about politics this is not something that we can talk about is a very dangerous slope to to step onto and yes. it's it, i i i if if twitter's goal is to moderate anything at all then i do not envy them the task because it's sisyphean um i'm generally of the opinion that you should moderate as little as possible precisely because of this problem but i understand that uh, you know, radical free speech is is still not a popular topic, even amongst people that I talk to. Right. Well, that's the question. Now, what is being viewed as radical are things the left will believe are radical that you and I are going to go. That doesn't make any sense, including there was a story from uh, Breitbart that YouTube now has deleted a bunch of videos of the Senate hearing about ivermectin and it was they deleted them off of the account of senator ron johnson a republican of course out of wisconsin and it was featuring you know a doctor testifying about the use of ivermectin in the cases of the chinese virus which i'm not saying chinese virus really bad but these are the kind of things now that are being viewed this isn't like nazi propaganda where people should die it's like this is a doctor talking about treating patients and this is being removed probably with with some kind of disclaimer like you know this this video from c-span uh it contradicts our narrative and therefore you know please see the propaganda site here i mean that's that's pretty much what all of their covid censorship has been is 
putting a label on it saying this information doesn't agree with what we want you to believe and therefore see our propaganda. I don't think that's exactly the the words that they use on Twitter, YouTube, whatever, but it might be. Yeah. I mean, they're getting to that point. So I don't know why they just wouldn't want to. Uh, uh, yeah. You know why they wouldn't want to say that. I don't know. I mean, I guess it might be bad for business, but I mean, the, the other issue we get into then is do you really want, I mean, just kind of walling off the United States, do you really want there to be like a Republican Twitter and a you know Democrat Twitter? I mean, that seems like you're just causing uh, more problems. Well, it's, it's not ideal, uh, but it would be better than what we have now, which is a Democrat Twitter and uh, a bunch of Republicans who are not able to say what they want to say. Right. Which, you know, is no good, but they tried to get that other version, which just screams of because that was always and I always hated the answer, but it was always your answer of, well, just get off of Twitter. And it's like, well, OK, where do you go yeah. now? If there is a place to go, well, that's, that, that, that worked right up in, <laughs> until the monopolists decided that they were going to I mean, in, in a clear, clear violation of antitrust laws. Uh, decided that they were just going to step up and crush the competing location. Yes, which is a very interesting concept now that we have two tech companies in Apple and Google that control access for a majority of people. And I understand there are alternate uh, play stores when it comes to the Android platform, but a lot of people don't know that. And those alternate play stores could also be turned off from the Google Play Store. I mean, we can sideload, but then again, you're you're taking the number of people that will know how to do it and understand how to do it down to a minimum, because I think you're with me in saying if it's not there for the people to find easily, they're not going to go searching online, find a solution and then figure out they can add this to their phone. It's it's really the lowest common denominator type thing. And when you have these two companies controlling everything. You'll, you'll never hear me admit this, but the solution to that problem is, in fact, marketing. You would have to because it, you would have to actually yeah, take a, it, a, some kind of ads elsewhere to be like, you know, if you want to do this, here's how you do it. Yeah, the, the problem is people don't understand or people are not aware that they have options. And uh, the solution to that, at least the best solution that we have right now is is marketing, which means that somebody is going to have to invest in that because that doesn't tend to come free. I, well, I don't and know. the other I, problem is, I, I hate to say that. And now I have to go wash my mouth out, but well, the it's worse because the two biggest. Now, if you were to tell me right now and be like, hey, I'm going to give you a free thousand dollars. You got to go spend it on marketing for whatever your product is. The two places I would go would be Facebook and Google. So this is really a problem with oh, I go to the local pub. Well, <laughs> Like I'm buying beers for everybody here. Learn about my product. No, just for me. <laughs> oh, you're, that's you're, going to be a heavy day. I'm not very good at marketing, though. No, that's true. That is true. And that is the problem when a few companies control everything, shutting down the competition, which is was also another good point from the Polish politician, which is you really can't make the case anymore that, you know, it's just we don't want it on our platform. When you're actively shutting down the alternative platforms, you take on by just every all those factors added together, you take on more responsibility. And the reality is, since Twitter has 
that as far as this type of communication goes, which is that little short form texting kind of communication, has a vast monopoly on the market. Now, if Twitter was one of three or four companies that did the same thing and they were evenly split between all four, you could be like, well, you know, Twitter doesn't want people to do that. That's fine, because then people could go over to Twitter or whatever the other sites are. But when those other sites don't exist, these companies are actually going to end up falling, I believe, because of their success, which is humorous in its I, own way. I, I don't consider this to be a, a technical problem, though, and this is certainly not an Internet era problem. This is not a social media problem. This is a straight up old fashioned antitrust problem. There are companies which have been allowed to get far too big and take up far too dominant positions in the market and who are now dictating to the president of the United States. You are not allowed to talk to people anymore. And if the ultimately this is this is a problem where a cabal of very, very, very wealthy corporate people are not, you know, transparently trying to do what the the governments are supposed to do, which is control the people and run the country. Uh, U.S. political climate, such as it is, is the I don't believe that I'm going to see an antitrust suit coming from a, a Biden Department of Justice anytime in the next four years because they all contributed to his campaign uh, and he is in their pockets and he you know, those billionaires absolutely love the new Democrat uh, political landscape. So we're not going to see a polit- uh, an antitrust suit coming, you know, the, the likes of which we saw against Microsoft back in the 90s. We're not going to see that coming, not at least from a Biden campaign. But places like Poland, places like the EU, um, they are not nearly as enamored with with Amazon and Twitter and, you know, Dorsey. Um, so I think that we're going to see some significant, significant ramp up in regulation coming out of places like the EU, uh, places like Australia, which we've already been seeing. Um, I'm certainly no fan of government regulation, but at the same time, I'm also no fan of uh, corporations, be they quote unquote private or not, uh, taking over and acting like governments. I don't want to be controlled by any government, even if that government just is, is, you know, Google trying to decide what it is I can see and what I can't. Well, which is why I believe that the office of the former president is going to have to sue the social media companies. Now that it's been announced that Donald Trump's ban is permanent on Twitter and I think Facebook. What is this office of the former president? I've not followed that. What the hell is that? This is Donald Trump's answer to Joe Biden saying he was in the office of the president elect. He okay, I was going to say that is precisely as dumb as the office <laughs> of the president elect. It's a troll move. He opened up his office and that's what he decided to call it down in Florida. The office of the former president. I think it's genius. <laughs> I think it's genius. I think he is the perfect troll. And I believe and I, his his viewpoint is, is an, an important one moving forward. I can already see the tweets from from thousands of screeching leftists. Hashtag not my former president. Right, right. I, they get very upset. But it's interesting because they're using the excuse that Trump posting things. They're afraid 
it will incite violence. Well, every post can incite anything. It's not up to the person posting and calling strictly for violence. Okay, I understand that being against your terms of service, but giving somebody this. But but it's not right. You know, as long as as BLM and Antifa and AOC still have accounts, I'm not going to trust that they don't think people should call or can. I I don't think that that's that's their goal. No. And the average person can't do anything about it. But Donald Trump has the fame. He has the power. He has the money. He knows enough people where he can get this done. He has the lawyers. And I think this would be a really good place for him to start his post-presidential life is somebody campaigning for free speech in the United States going up against these social media companies because it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you're already seeing the reason they're pushing the impeachment, which is probably not even constitutional because the guy's out of office. The impeachment process was there to remove somebody from a current office, not to punish them later, which I'm seeing the memes, which I think are hilarious, although some memes will get you arrested now in certain parts of the world. But there's already memes from people that are like, well, we should impeach George Washington because he owns slaves. It's like, I mean, if you can impeach Trump after he's out of office, why not a dead guy? Why not a dead president? Why don't we start impeaching them and just wasting more time and money? But And my my position on previous shows has always been I'm totally in favor of Congress wasting time impeaching people because they're not making new laws. (laughs) Well, Um, it keeps everything. Yeah, it keeps them very busy. Unfortunately, Biden seems to be making new laws without them anyway. So the position is a little less effective than I was hoping. He's certainly signing more things than any other president before him. And that's just, you know, again, you have the house you have the senate the usually the president pushed these things when he didn't when this was his last i enjoyed it a lot more when the presidential pen was a last resort not a hey i was elected i could go do this now yeah yeah hey let's bring in all of the policies that all of my lobbyists want it's yeah you, you know the one thing i will say is that biden is uh in not in a way i think most people expected he is living up to the idea that he wants to unite the left and right because at this point you know trump the right loved him and the left hated him which left resulted in a divided country um biden the right hates him because he's a slime ball the left is starting to come around to really dislike him because of his policies uh, he might actually end up uniting everybody and not liking this president yeah well he's going to do a lot of things that are going to lose union members jobs and a lot of them voted for him and this concept of well don't worry we're getting rid of your jobs but we're going to make new green jobs you know i don't know i've never believed the government <laughs> when they say they're they're going to no. create jobs because the government's not creating jobs you know what that is he's still campaigning yes well which is kind of what he's- trump did for four years i mean to be fair obama oh, yeah. did yeah. the same thing you know, this is what they do now. But, but but that is that is a classic campaign promise is you give up something to us now or you get me elected or you put yourself out there and take on all the risk. And I promise to do a thing when no politician has ever kept a campaign promise in their life. Yeah, And what was it within 13, with 15 years? I think it was that no more gas powered vehicles within 15 years. No, 
but they all have to be electric. Yeah. It's like, um, do you not well, understand the, the technology the one, isn't the there one yet? industry that Biden is very much going to be stimulating with all of these uh, proclamations and orders and, and, and basically bringing in the entire progressive agenda at the pen of an executive order. The one industry Biden is absolutely going to be stimulating the hell out of is the uh, lawyer industry in D.C. <laughs> yeah. Because the lawsuits are coming. I don't think anybody on the left or right disagrees that we should try not to pollute the hell out of the planet. I think that is just yeah. logic. But you have to understand what the alternatives are. And if you say we can't do coal anymore, we can't do gas anymore. You have to understand what's going to happen, because as of yet, this whole green concept is not quite finished code. It's not ready for prime time. Bill O'Reilly yeah. was talking well, about that. He's like, you know what? I wanted to get solar panels on my house. I knew they would cost an arm and a leg. He's like, but it was not worth doing because they were so expensive and so inefficient, especially living in yeah. New York, that you can't even have these technologies uh, working yet. Even most of the hardcore leftists that I know and Seattle has got a lot of them and a lot of them are very, very interested in in green this and green that um, only only a few of them, only the ones who have way, way more money than sense would ever consider putting a solar panel out because there's no fucking sunlight where I live. Right. right. So you're like, why am I getting no power? You see those clouds? Yeah. That's why you're yeah. not getting power. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's yeah, somehow we got in. We we ended up getting into politics again. Do you want to do tech? Well, this is tech. tech. This is kind of tech yeah, as is. far as well. Social media is tech, and, and and powering your home is tech, even though it's a powering your home. Yeah, okay. Politicized. Uh, you know, it would be nice, wouldn't it? Be great if you could just put some solar panels on your roof and then never have to pay an electricity charge ever again. I mean, that would be great. But the reality no, that, is, that's not how it works. <laughs> well, the bureaucracy because, needs to be fed. Well, right, and the change that's going to be made is. Well, you know, the power that it was costing you like a uh, hundred bucks a month for, well, you know, this new system is going to be great. We're going to pollute a lot less, but you're going to pay 300 a month instead of one. That's great, right? Well, how about something that's happened on the left coast already, which, you know, wouldn't it be great if you could both save the planet and save on those excessively high gasoline taxes yes. by going out and getting an electric car? Wait, what do you mean everybody's getting an electric car? We're not collecting enough gasoline taxes. And California, I think, already has put a massive surcharge now on electric vehicles. And Washington is currently considering uh, putting a extending the gas tax to electric charging stations because they're not getting their vig from all the people who are moving to electric vehicles. Oops. That's uh that's unfortunate. That, I mean, taxes uh, Washington up. state and the Pacific Northwest has the cheapest electricity of almost anywhere in the world because we have so much rain. We just put hydropower dams on a river just dam a valley and suddenly infinite free energy and so electricity is incredibly cheap here and yet the government's not getting their taxes so they're going to be jacking up the rates on everything see that's the beauty so if you just what you want to do is get all that really cheap electricity and just mine a lot of cryptocurrencies uh actually some of the biggest crypto miners in the u.s are in in washington state precisely because the power rates are cheap 
See, that makes sense. I mean, and it's overall cool there, so you don't have to really worry about things overheating as much. I mean, you wouldn't want to put all these really high-powered servers in uh, in the middle of a well, desert. Well, that, that doesn't help as much because the place, if you're going to buy up a really big server farm type area, you don't buy, Washington has two major climate zones, the western half, which is uh, wet and cool and temperate and uh, always cloudy and expensive as crap because Seattle gentrification. And then the eastern half, which is a desolate desert and has the kind of housing prices that you know, you can for for the cost of of my house, which sits on a little postage stamp of land and only has you know uh, eighteen hundred square feet. It's not a huge house. Um, for the price of this house, I could get fifteen acres in just the other side of the mountains. <laughs> Sad, isn't it? I know the feeling. Yeah, here in just outside of Chirac, where I have been over the last few nights, I have been mining Ethereum thanks to our buddy Metis, who was on a few shows ago. I was like, you know, I'm just curious about this because yeah. everybody gives us Have you a hard become time. an overnight millionaire yet. No, I haven't. I haven't. Because here's the thing. I have a I feel like, wow, did I just Joe Biden you? Hey, here's the thing, buddy. Here, I'm going to give you the whole load. Yeah. The, yeah. Can you give me the whole load? <laughs> I'm going to give you the whole load in, uh, in one easy to chew package. I have the Dell computer, which isn't a gaming rig by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a, you know, a nice Dell workstation that has a, uh, an NVIDIA 1660 Ti, and I have my older Dell, which is like three years old, which has whatever the card from NVIDIA that was out three years ago in it. Now, if I run those two machines all night long for like eight hours from going to bed, getting up, both of them just mining on the same Ethereum, it's about a dollar over those eight hours that you make. Yeah. And, and, uh, and what did you cost in electricity? Probably about 50 cents would be my guess. I mean, I, it, it is okay. profitable according to the elect, you know, the calculators that are out there, which is interesting. So you are still making a profit. It's with a pool on a, a place called two miners.com, which is me hooked me up with that. He's like, check these guys out because, you know, doing this stuff on your own at this point just makes zero sense. Now, doing it as part of a pool, you have to wait until you hit $75 worth of Ethereum. But I'm like, well, OK, if it's a buck a night, I can do this for you know a couple of months just to see what happens, you know, just to kind of wrap my brain around this, because even though it's only a dollar a night, I'm still wondering where's the money come from, because that was a dollar I didn't have yesterday. I have it today. Whose pocket did that come out of? You know, this is the whole problem for me yeah. with crypto. It's like, where'd that money come from? I mean, I just ran a computer overnight. It came came out of the same place that the the uh, $80 million for Pakistani gender studies came from. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's out of the it out of the ether. Came out of nowhere. Yeah. As Tunin says, what happens when uh, ETH goes up 5,000%? Well, then I guess I would really party if it goes up 5,000% once we... Once we have some, so I'm sure it's on a sliding scale. They pay out based upon how much Ethereum it's like 0. 0.00 something is once you hit that, they pay out right now. It's like 75 bucks. But it occurred to me if you wanted the ultimate way to donate to the podcast that I'm doing, the two miners thing, you could just go in. There's no sign up. You just use your wallet address while mining so if i wanted to go in sure. and mine for metis 
they'll just give him the credits. So this could be you a just, really you just it, it goes into whatever wallet you plug in when you start mining. Yes. Now I'm thinking about Adam Curry's new thing with Podcast 2.0 and their whole system. It's great. It's awesome and everything. But the concept is, well, you're going to have a podcast app and you're going to have to put funds into it. Well, you still have to put funds into it. This, if you could just get people to run, you know, a miner overnight or whatever device for whatever short period of time, you could generate as much cash, I would bet, without actually having to pay the cash when you're dealing with very small amounts. You know, so rather than, oh, I'm giving you a fraction of a penny, but I'm giving I'm putting 20 bucks in to do it. Just go and do some mining for a couple of hours. Boom, it goes into our account. And you don't have to actually give any money. You're just idea. giving electric, right? I love this idea. We we need to go with it. Unfortunately, I really do. We if we want to talk Ethereum, then the person to bring on is Void Zero. If, if he would be willing to come talk about, I bet he would talk for a while about that. I really just don't know enough about Ethereum to be able to say. You know, the the, the crypto is is a, a funny crowd. Um, more than any other topic we've ever talked about on this show. Yes. If I go out and say things like, uh, you know, Joe Biden has a funny looking mustache. Nobody will bat an eye. And I certainly don't get a thousand hate messages that uh, Joe Biden doesn't even have a mustache. But if I say anything about Bitcoin and even if the gist of my argument is completely solid, but I got one stupid detail wrong. I will get that hate message. And yeah, so, there was, there was somebody that I apologize. I'm not sure I should say anything. <laughs> I apologize for not remembering who said this. Cause there were a couple of people going back and forth with some uh, crypto stuff to me on no agenda social. And they're like, Hey, a couple of Ben's, you know, schooling a grumpy old Ben. And it's like, no, I mean, I understand. <laughs> I understand the system. Right. I said, I don't think you understand the term schooling or what that means, because I understand the system. That doesn't mean I believe it's going to be a solution and that it couldn't go to zero tomorrow. I mean, this is where the understanding, I think, has to come in for most people because we've seen it happen once and it could happen again going from I mean, it went from what, 18,000 the last time down to like four. You know, then it went up to 43,000 this time. And I think it's back down to like 32 or something. The last I looked, which hasn't been for a few days, to be fair. But the reason I picked Ethereum was I punched in the cards that I have, the GPUs. And that was the one that you can make the most money mining currently. The rest of them, I mean, at least as far as the major coins, because I talked to Void Zero a little bit about this. And he was big on a crypto called Polkadot, which I've never heard of. I think it's a, a great name for some crypto. And when it comes down to if you really wanted to speculate, mining is not the way to go unless you have the ability to buy the huge rigs and try to get as much as you can quickly. Because as this was just a proof of concept for me, which is two decent machines not going crazy. I don't have the. Nick the Rat or Midas crazy video cards that probably cost a thousand dollars a piece. I have, you know, video cards that were probably 300 bucks, you know, that they're selling now that I think the 1660 and the one I got three years ago was probably selling for about 300 bucks then. So I don't have the high value cards. And with two of those, if I ran them all day long, I might make three dollars a day. And then you do have to take the electricity cost out of them, which means you're making quite a bit 
less. So it's, it was more of a proof of concept to see what would happen. But that was the biggest thing that I took away from the whole idea, which is, oh, you know what's even better than putting money into a wallet on a podcasting app and having that get streamed to other people? Well, not having to put the money in, just being <laughs> able to have the money be created. And this is because I had no idea, honestly, how to get started with doing the mining. So, again, thanks to Metis of FunFactFriday.com. And he hooked me up and it's a simple EXE file and a batch script. In the batch script, you just have to edit and put your wallet information in. And that's it. Or or don't edit and give money to the person who built the script. Right. That's exactly it. If you want to give the money to somebody else, you put their address in as long as, you know, it's somebody saying that on on grumpyoldbens.com, people are going to be able to download a batch script they can just run on their computer and it gives us money. Right. Which is, I think, a beautiful thing. I mean, I don't see a downside here. It's a great it's a great idea. And I mean, of course, I had to. uh, it got disinfected by Bitdefender, of course, because, you know, crypto miners. So you do want to mark that this in your uh, exceptions list if you run antivirus, which you should. But you want to do an exception on the batch file. And you also want to make sure if you have a firewall, which you should, that it's allowing access for it to go out and get the information that it needs in order to do the mining. But I, I'm intrigued by the whole thing. But it it doesn't mean I'm a convert, but I wanted to at least get my feet wet a little bit more to understand how this goes from. And it's being pointed out in the troll room that you're on the transaction system. So I was tuned and said, you know, you're part of the, you know, so I don't know when I'm going through and mining the stuff that it's also using my connection to do something else. I don't know. But where the money comes from, that's still the the weird thing that I'm trying to figure out because there was money that didn't exist and now it does. And that, I think that's where a lot of normal people are when they're like, well, I don't understand. I could just run this. And I'm really, you and I have both talked about having people that tried to get us into this way early on in the system, you know, when Bitcoin was like really cheap. And I'm kind of glad that isn't the case because I think if we were, a part of the system really early on, we would have just spent all the Bitcoin on stupid stuff. It would have been like, hey, dude, I I spent 50 Bitcoins, but I got a pizza. And, uh, you know, now that Bitcoin would be worth a few, you know, a small island. You know, you could buy Jeffrey Epstein's old place if you wanted to with the proceeds. But, uh, you know, that's the difference. I'm kind of glad we weren't involved in this early on. But, I mean, hey, I get why people want to get into a different currency. I understand why people don't have faith in the American dollar. I understand why they don't have a whole lot of faith in the current state of the stock market, (laughs) because, uh, I mean, that's going a little bit nuts right now. And I mean, that's something, too. I think, uh, you know, we probably need an expert. I think I. I don't know if we wanted to get into this GameStop story, but uh, how, how much did you understand about what was going on there? I'm sorry. I it, I understand what I it's just like crypto. I don't understand how. I mean, I, I understand the shorting system, how that works. I understand that all of a sudden flooding in with people buying a stock 
you know, I think somebody compared it to doing trying to do like the 51% takeover of a crypto where, well, you know, if we buy enough of the stock, we could take over the company. I mean, if it gets cheap enough, we can, you know, we can get together and do, I mean, that, I really don't understand the whole workings of like what happened with Robin Hood and all of a sudden they were pulling people off and there were these other, you know, the large, you know, day trader, I guess, companies out there that were all of a sudden the passwords weren't working. The systems were melting down and everybody went into a panic. But I know Rush Limbaugh compared it to the political system, which is the elites want that kind of money to be made only for themselves. And all of a sudden. Us little plebes, the little dudes named Ben, who figured out a system to screw with the system, and it worked. I mean, that's the craziest part about it, because I guess this whole thing's been going on and in the planning stages for months, that it actually worked, I guess, is the craziest thing. But what's your, I mean, they talked about it a little bit on No Agenda. What's your take on it? Well, they they did talk about it on No Agenda, and I think they probably did better coverage than we could, but it was... I, I, I sat there and, you know, cause I, I don't pay attention to the stock market most of the time. So the hearing about it on no agenda yesterday morning was the first time that I really realized what was happening. I went and tried to do a bunch of, uh, of research. My usual research is I go to a couple of news aggregating sites and try to find as many stories as I can. And the first eight stories were, of course, New York Times, Washington Post, uh, CNN, the, the, the usual suspects, which all had right there in either the headline or the first paragraph that a bunch of alt-right people were doing this. Well, I, okay. Right, you know right. what? You guys don't have any idea what you're talking about. Uh, cause I don't, I don't think this had anything to do with left versus right. Right. Well, this um, is why the alt-right needs to be banned from Twitter and Facebook because this, this is where this was planned. This is why parlor was bad. The, anybody on the right really shouldn't be allowed to use social I heard media. It was planned on Reddit. <laughs> which which is far 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 left at this point yeah they don't want to admit that though so that's okay but but it, even when i went down to to sites that weren't quite so uh left right biased uh it the the only excuse that they gave was that a lot of the people on reddit wanted to uh shake up the system and if that really is what they wanted to do then mission accomplished and i applaud it because the system needs more shaking up. Yeah, I don't know why anybody. Obviously, there was a scheme that was talked about on the subreddit because otherwise rational people don't normally go, hmm, you know, look at GameStop. There's a dying company. Let's put our money into that. <laughs> uh, yeah, GameStop has been dying since about 2012 when when uh, the the console market all moved to Xbox and PlayStation and moved straight to digital downloads instead of distributing discs. And, and the PC games market all went to digital downloads on valve and everything was DRM would up the ass, no matter what your platform. And the, the secondhand game market kind of died, which was GameStop's bread and butter. So honestly, I'm surprised that the company even still exists today. Uh, they, they really can't make much on anything but uh, retail games that I know of. unless you know, somebody in the troll room is going to tell me, well, actually, they moved on into, you know, some other market. Maybe, maybe they're, you know, yeah, they're they, selling. They may be pivoting maybe into maybe an they're selling pottery page. on Etsy or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pottery that was made on an OnlyFans page, I think, is what they're. Yes. What they're Ooh. into. Yeah, see that, pottery porn. 
There's a show title for you. Somebody's into it. I mean, cold acid probably is totally into that. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't yes. really understand why they picked oh, GameStop. Wait, would it be would it be a pottery etchy like uh like video game anime characters? Maybe in porn shots on pottery. I, I I'm seeing a market here. You know, and I will say, Rare Encounter with Abel Kirby is a fantastic show. They do it live on uh let's see what's today friday was wednesday night and i've been listening live which is the only way you should really listen to a lot of podcasts because if i don't listen live i kind of miss out on it and i mean i guess early on it was all just really the anime stuff like that you know now it's just more of a normal conversation and they're two entertaining guys uh abel kirby and the guy he does it with and it's just a really cool show and people should check it out rareencounter.net with Abel Kirby. Right. With Abel Kirby. Isn't that, that is the title. I thought Cole, a uh, rare encounter yes. with Abel Kirby. Yes. yes. Which, uh, played after the no agenda show yesterday. And I haven't even got my vig from cold acid yet. So I'm just letting you know, a quick reminder. No, it's on the list for today. I should have sent that is over it? Oh, okay. to you. Yeah. It's on the list. It is on the list for <laughs> oh, today. Believe oh. it or not. Uh, so you got my vig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's, it's, okay. it's, it's a new system. I'll allow it this time. Cause then I get my vig on top of your vig and then it's all, it's all. Oh le- yeah. It's, it's vigs all the way down. It's all legit. Another story they talked about on no agenda. And this one, I, I I'm torn on. So I'm, I'm curious to know what your reaction on this. Cause Adam Curry came down. Uh, screw those guys. Uh, oh, what? Against the, you know, with that, there has to be limitations. In the freedom is of speech. Is this the Twitter troll? Yes. The Twitter troll. Uh, I, I could pull up his name I, here. But uh, I actually have this in my notes, too. So I wanted to talk about it. So go. Uh, yeah. New York City guy. And I guess he was anonymous, but he was somehow outed by the Huffington Post. And this was the guy that back in 2016. And I guess he was on a list of like the top hundred or something yeah. of like conservative voices on Twitter. Th- th- this was, this was yet another one where I, I tried to look it up and every single one of the top seven or eight results, uh, it described him first and foremost as an alt-right troll on Twitter. <laughs> hey, you know what, but he might be, but the fact that the morons on the other side fell for this and this, it, sure. This is where it's like, he, okay, where does comedy begin? Where does misinformation start? How do we define these things? When it I, comes- I just have to, I have to clarify my previous statement. He might, may well be a concern, a troll who happens to be conservative. But when you use the word alt right in a mainstream news story, I know your story is biased and bullshit. Oh, yeah. Just put, okay. That's a, that, that's definitely a dog whistle there to be like, pay attention to what we're going to say here. But the guy posted memes, you know, posted posts on Twitter, I guess, that said, uh, hey, skip the lines. You can vote for Hillary. Now you can do it online. You don't have to go to the polling place. Text your vote to this 900 number. It wasn't I don't think it was a 900 number, just a regular phone number. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I found I it took a lot of digging, a lot more digging than expected, but I found the actual text of the tweet it said avoid the line vote from home text hillary to 59925 vote for hillary and be a part of history and according to our legal system that led to so much voter disinformation and so many people <laughs> were not able to vote 
that according to the complaint, 4,900 people, which was not going to sway any election anywhere, but sure. (laughs) Now, again, where does comedy begin? Because if you're so dumb that you fall for a, hey, you could just text your vote. Do you really deserve to have a vote? I mean, I know uh, I know that may be wrong to say, but <laughs> it, it, it's it's a little bit a little bit wrong, but not. I, OK, so let me you, you asked, what is my opinion on this? And uh, a, a couple things. First of all, I think everybody can agree that only morons would fall for this one, uh, especially, you know, it, if. If that were coming from, say, the secretary of state of Pennsylvania saying, uh, you know, go ahead and vote Biden by phone and we'll count it. Well, he probably would have counted it. Right. True. Because the dude is corrupt. as f- But um, it, it if, if some rando on Twitter is saying, uh, you know, text your vote here, you I, I think we can generally all agree that the kind of people who are going to assume that that means that your vote will be counted if you do that are the kind of people whose votes probably shouldn't be counted because they're not even sure if they're voting for my cat. So I think we can all agree that only morons get got caught in this. And apparently there was at least 4,900 unique phone numbers of morons that sent text messages to this. And by the way, the complaint says only that 4,900 phone numbers sent text messages um, for all I know, there was one counter troll who decided to create sign up for 4,900 Google voice numbers and send. So, I mean, that could have happened. That it does, that doesn't mean real people, but there are probably a few, um, right. It Nor also does it mean doesn't mean that they didn't vote. That they right? didn't. Yeah. That they didn't go text and then vote anyway. So well, of course they do because they're, they're on the left. They want to vote like at least five or eight times. Well, that might be it. Um, I was surprised that Adam came down so dismissively of the the freedom of speech or or comedy aspect of this. Uh, it, it, it is, according to federal election laws, this is in fact illegal. And from that perspective, um, they are coming down and they are, uh, you know, they're throwing the book at this guy. Uh, I am unsatisfied with that explanation for the simple fact that if everybody on Twitter decided to say something of this level and get the book thrown at them, then the jails would be a lot full and Twitter would be a lot emptier. Right. And so what, what are they doing clearly in America right now? They're not prosecuting anybody for anything. Yeah, this is very clearly selective enforcement. And that is uh, uh, yes, technically it's illegal, but uh, the idea of oh something is illegal and therefore you don't do it the the idea that legality and and morality are tied together goes out the window as soon as you open the door you create so many laws that selective enforcement not only becomes possible but becomes absolutely required or your society will crumble from within and that's where we are there are too many laws and too many bad laws and saying Oh, well, there happens to be one law out of, uh, you know, a hundred million on the books right now. And we found it. And therefore we're going to throw the book at this guy. That is, that is, is political bias showing it there. This guy happened to target somebody on the left and therefore someone with an ax to grind is attacking. Yeah. And I also didn't understand. And I'm assuming maybe this was a 
image that he posted with this information because the article here on the Daily News says the tweet had the fine print at the bottom that read. And I'm first thinking you can't do fine print on Twitter. It's just text. So I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. It it had it had another sentence at the end. Yes, that would that would be it. And it says must be 18 or older to vote one vote per person must be a legal citizen of the United States. All of these the left doesn't like voting by text not available in Guam, Puerto Rico, Alaska or Hawaii. I don't know why. But the, the part that maybe really got him in trouble was the final line, which was paid for by Hillary for president 2016. Now, I don't know if yeah. that rises to federal charges, but uh, well, again, it is it it does violate federal election laws. I, I looked up the law, but of course, I didn't write it down because I'm not that organized. Uh, I did. I, I mean. The thing to think about, and I'm going to go ahead and, and present Adam's position on this, uh, the the yes, they, you know, they should have crucified this guy position, uh, even though I don't necessarily believe it. Um, this is illegal. And imagine if a corporation did this. Imagine if 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 Twitter came out or Facebook or Amazon came out and sent this very thing with the the disclaimer and the paid for by. And you could prove it wrong. The stories that we would be seeing would be very, very different because if a corporation came out with this, then it might even be believable because, of course, they're more powerful than even the president of the United States. So if, you know, if if Amazon came out and said, you know, or or say Apple did it and put it as a notification on your phone and said, uh, you know, text your vote here to vote for Hillary. I, I think a lot more people would believe it. And I think that that would in fact be very illegal. Um, now, however, well, now, now that I want to pedal back all of the argument I just made, I, I actually come down totally on your side, which is what the hell happened to humor? Yes. And where can where, you have where did satire go? Yeah. Well, because, okay, if you're going to take this guy to task for that, then everybody that steered away from news stories and posts that would have helped a candidate, let's just say Donald Trump, and they made them all disappear. If interfering in an election is going to get people put in jail, then everybody at Twitter and Facebook should be at first in line before this guy. At least that's just the way I look at it. Oh, certainly. And whether or not, uh, you know, yes, by the laws on the books, this was technically illegal. And therefore, you know, he's he's not going to get out on appeal for wrongful arrest or anything. But what this does is is highlights an incredible amount of hypocrisy uh, uh, as usual on the part of social networks. But you don't have to look very far to find hypocrisy there, but also on the side of the whichever Justice Department, the FBI, I think who are are going after small time internet trolls but leaving some really incredible examples of uh, election tampering of election meddling and i you know election interference is is the term that they use they said you know he is trying to sway votes well he swayed 4900 votes where is the fbi probe into google who during the 2016 election there is strong evidence that they swayed over 10 million votes yeah that's not important because it was the wrong way and and that's probably it 
also it's a little harder to to come up with evidence of that and i you know not as as you pointed out on the last show not all cops are corrupt um apparently just the ones at the fbi oh wait uh, uh, i retract i retract there are definitely oh. some that don't aren't, rage quit on me aren't quite uh, doing their yeah. job <laughs> well no i there's there's no doubt about that so when when this story came up this wasn't even the story that was in my notes um i had a different story in my notes about a man who was arrested for memeing. Oh, was this the one in the yeah. UK or is that another one here? No, in Tennessee. Oh, was it Buford uh, the T? Tennessee that I don't believe so, but it might've been certain seat sitter. Okay. That's, um, see, I know he's been getting himself into trouble. Chris over at the abs in a six pack um, podcast, the Tennessee Bureau of investigation, which I guess is the state version of their FBI uh, and the local police in Dixon, Tennessee. Uh, arrested a man for effectively for memeing. Um, He was accused of posting a fake photo depicting two men urinating on the grave of a police officer who was killed in 2018. Um, This is a, I I don't know what the police officer did. I don't know. He might've been a real scumbag and it might just, you know, this is, but, regardless that's a pretty poor taste meme and i probably wouldn't share it but i think you'll agree that that is pretty much solidly protected by the first amendment it's not even illegal it doesn't even violate election laws um uh and uh let's see they arrested him the district attorney general ray crouch of tennessee uh, was the guy who who put out the warrant and they arrested him and he is in fact still in jail uh held on a seventy six thousand dollar bond he is not an elite he is not a billionaire he doesn't find that in the in the cushions of his couch so dude is still in jail uh, he was arrested for quote harassment um but here's the fun part the agents visited the grave site later and quote quickly determined the photograph is not authentic um Therefore, they continued investigating anyway because they wanted to throw the book at this guy. Um, they uh, he, he was arrested for harassment um, under Tennessee law. Harassment has a definition, which is it requires that the person be frightened, intimidated or emotionally distressed. The person being harassed uh, is uh, so, um, wait, wait, so apparently somehow has, they're be- arguing that he he frightened, intimidated and emotionally distressed a dead guy. Well, I just want to know, does a BLM or a Antifa ever do anything in Tennessee? Because they should all be in jail. <laughs> I, I mean, that as uh, far as I'm concerned, that falls under federal terrorism laws. But yes, your point is, is well, uh, these people um, in particular, the the local police bureau, the DA and the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation. I am 100 percent convinced that these people were on a fishing trip. They did not like that he posted a picture of uh, somebody uh, of a cop's grave being pissed on. And yeah, uh, it, it, that's poor form. That's, that's a pretty crude. Well, but you know what? Is. It's still textbook first amendment. Yeah. Well, it's textbook first amendment. And we're living in a time where they're letting, letting violent criminals out of prison because of COVID we're living in a time where you could punch somebody in the face in new york city get caught and be released immediately with no bond no bail so the fact that this guy is actually sitting in jail is yeah a, a miscarriage named, of justice if i've ever heard one 
Yeah. Guy named Andrew Garten, who, again, like, I don't think I'd friend him on No Agenda Social or on Mastodon. I it, I, I would definitely not be sharing that meme because that's uh, I, I, I have not I, I did not. I was trying. I did not manage to find the picture in question, but I'm pretty sure I would look at this and be like, you know, if, if I were if I were more Dvorak, I'd be like, OK, blocked because that I, again, I that is uncool. But still. I, I okay. You know what? Blocking someone is one thing. Even banning him off a platform, I could almost see be like, okay, that's really poor form. But arresting the dude, I'm sorry. This is yeah, that is a miscarriage of justice. But there was a kicker in the story, by the way. Um, it said uh, attorney Brian Stevenson uh, from Tennessee Bureau of Investigation. The investigation and graveyard visit could have even been avoided with a simple Google image search which reveals that the photo was actually the cover art of a band's 2009 single titled pissing on your grave. (laughs) Oh, wait, wait, wait. This is a album art with just the name of the person changed on the gravestone. Yeah. And somebody's in jail for it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Somebody found there, there, uh, I, I I was not able to identify the the story did not identify which band and I did a search on the title pissing on your grave and apparently that title has been used by about seven <laughs> different bands. Um, so I, again, I didn't you know didn't bother doing my research because that's effort and this we we don't have images on this show anyway. Although we will have podcast two point chapters soon. That's yeah. a separate thing. Uh, but yes. Uh, so apparently this guy went out found the cover art of an album the album was called pissing on your grave the cover art had an image of somebody peeing on a gravestone he changed the name on the gravestone and posted it and got arrested for it and all they would have had to do was do a google image search and go oh that's not even the same grave but instead the the local law enforcement went out to the grave site and went no it doesn't look like this was uh uh he wasn't actually peeing on it which again might be trespassing, but certainly not, you know, FBI throwing you in jail. No, no. I mean, freedom of speech is dead. I mean, sweet baby Jesus, come save us all because freedom of speech is dead in America and we're going down the drain quicker than I think anybody could have ever imagined. I mean, I, there was a story out of the UK about a police officer being charged for posting a meme, but I mean, that seems like nothing at this point to taking an existing photograph which obviously legal from from album art yes from an album art from an album that was released by a band just changing the name and sending that out now i mean you could be you could be uh, sued for copyright infringement but then you could still go along the lines of uh, yeah. parody but that that is a that's like the only thing you're maybe guilty of the fact that you have a viewpoint on something and this is this is artistic. This is the kind of stuff that should be protected. I mean, let's remember the kind of stuff that we've had to endure from leftist artists over the last 10, 20 years. Uh, I mean, I remember there was one here in Chicago where it was like a, you know, a crucifix submerged in urine. You know, that's art. So, I mean, if this yeah. is an art, I don't know what I, there, it is. There's a lot of stuff out there that that gets the label art is in incredibly poor taste. It's not something that, that anyone really wants to look at, but it's quote unquote art and it's protected. Yes. And if art is supposed to invoke emotions, Hey, this obviously did. 
Yeah, apparently this one did. It invoked enough emotions for the the people in power to decide that they were going to go out and arrest him. So much so anyways, for a this, Tennessee being sane. So anyways, uh, we, we don't know who I don't know who this guy found as this Andrew Garten found as a lawyer. But I do know that they're going to get a paycheck at the end of this one because this is a pretty clear First Amendment case. And, and there's no way. Like, I don't think he's even going to trial, but right now he is in jail on a $76,000 bond. Uh, shame on you to the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation. See, I don't know. In Biden's America, this might go to the Supreme Court. I, sadly, I, oh, too many. Well, woke. If, if it does, the guy's screwed. Too many. woke. Now, they don't have freedom of speech in the UK, which makes the story, you know, a little bit more understandable for this next meme issue. But still, and I don't even know, they don't even say what the meme was. That that always makes me wonder, too. This is uh, from Breitbart. A British police officer charged with a criminal offense for sharing a, quote, grossly offensive meme of a, George a police Floyd. police officer was charged? Yes. In the UK. Okay. For sharing a grossly offensive meme of George Floyd in a private message group with <laughs> other officers. Yeah. So. Uh, Somebody narked on him. Somebody took his yeah. message, which was in a private group, not public, showed it to the supervisors. And uh, and that's how this started, which is, uh, again, I don't know what the meme was of. And I'm guessing it was probably in bad taste. But up until, you know, recently, bad taste was an acceptable form of comedy. There's a whole lot of people who made whole careers yeah. on offensive yeah, comedy. In, in Knowing nothing more than the situation you just described, I could even see an argument for for sacking the guy or saying you you posted this in, you know, uh, to your fellow officers. And there, you know, uh, there are probably I mean, that that's closer to employment than to legal. But but criminal charges for a meme. Uh, I'm sorry. You cannot call yourself a, a, a civilized or free country if you are punishing people for stuff like that. Yes, it says uh, in a 2017 Freedom of Information request, it showed that 3,395 people were arrested the previous year for violations of 127 of the Communications the Communications Act of 2003, which, aside from barring grossly offensive images, whatever that means, the act also prohibits somebody wants it. Yes, it prohibits Britons from intentionally causing, quote, annoyance inconvenience or needless anxiety to another holy f- uh, yeah oh i certainly remember i remember when this law was passed and a lot of people who actually care about things like freedom were very much against it but of course uk parliament has never particularly cared about you know representing their people well this is what's coming here there's no question about it this is a part of the playbook of the radical folks that are now got the uh you know, maybe have their hands up the behind of the puppet that is Joe Biden. Yeah. And you, you remember back, you remember way back when the Constitution used to protect us from things like that? Yeah. I mean, I get it, too, that this is the UK. But I mean, let's just understand this. A law that prohibits intentionally causing annoyance, inconvenience or needless anxiety to another. So, I mean, let's just say yeah. that a dude's going out with a really hot girl and they break up. Uh well, now it's really going to cause him anxiety if she starts dating somebody else. So, I mean, legally, she can't she can't start dating anybody else because that is going to cause the dude that she broke up with 
Oh, Needless oh, anxiety. Hold on a moment. I, I, I need I, I need to make a phone call. I'm going to make a phone call to the uh, Chicago PD and tell them that you're annoying me and causing me anxiety. <laughs> it's some great anxiety. And I'm, I'm not in Chicago. I'm not even in Crook County. So I'm I'm safe in a bunker out where oh, you think you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to need you're going to need the feds. You're going to need a militia because I am armed and dangerous. I felt like Alex Jones there for a minute. And I will. No, I, it was good. It was good. I will credit. Uh, I, I mean, that that's that's a good cold open right there. Yeah, I, I will credit Sir Seat Center, too, for running audio of Alex Jones claiming it was the rage quit of the last grumpy old Benz with Alex Jones saying, we're done. <laughs> that, we're that done, was, man. That was good. Yeah. And so I appreciate <laughs> that. I mean, like, I, I don't sound like Alex Jones. And Progo said, uh, you know, Alex Jones is more like Alex Jones than I do. Yeah, well, that's true. But Progo said, I have the buttery smooth voice. And he, he says, Alex Jones, yeah. his voice is like he, a nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. You, you sound, you sound a little like Alex Jones. Like I sound like cold acid. Yeah. Like Bill Gates. Well, wait, cold acid, yeah. Bill Gates, same thing, but this is what's coming here. So, and this is what people that don't pay attention to what's going on in the world around them may wake up to, because I don't believe a lot of people in the United States of America, especially believe that sharing a meme even if it is offensive will get them put in jail and it's happening and you have to yeah. wake up to that and i don't know but what you the do. phrase chilling effect yes it really is i mean this is why you have to start getting involved at least with your local politics and with your local you know towns and with people because this could happen to anybody and <laughs> i mean i'm not saying I'm not a big consumer of memes, to be fair. And if they disappeared from the Internet, I wouldn't feel bad. But it's definitely yeah, a there, freedom of speech issue. There would be there would be significantly less sarcastic mirth available. But do I, you need more sarcastic mirth? I, I need more sarcasm in my life. Do you? Maybe not mirth. mirth. I mean, I, I'm laughing at everything already. No. Right. Is that like, it, the, you know the, what? The I do enjoy man? them. I, I take. I take memes off of no agenda social and I post them to my, my private friends discord, which has caused a number of my friends to leave the channel, which is great. But <laughs> Oh, wow. See, so you, that you've broke that. If they were in the U, if you were in the UK, you definitely have caused annoyance, inconvenience, or needless anxiety. I don't need memes for that. <laughs> you could do that well without a meme. That's true. That's true. And I have, I have one more, one more big story and it's a, a personal experience. Um, but I was wondering if you wanted to thank some experts first. We can certainly do that. Let me take a little bit of a sip here of the uh, of the bourbonated coffee. Ooh, sure. Yeah. It's a beautiful. If we could, I don't know how you wait, do that. Uh, over. All, wait, all together. Ready? Okay. <laughs> Good stuff. That is a what AMSR. Yeah. yeah, we're doing that for you here on <laughs> here on Grumpy Old Ben. Sharing yeah, that, that was some Nick the Rat level stuff. That was great. Yeah, Nick, it's great. And we have some very exciting news that I was uh, I, I knew this had to be close. And we've been talking about for a long time. What are we going to call people that hit the thousand dollar level of donations? No agenda has the Knights of the Roundtable. And we have finally settled on guru because it's a grumpy old ben's guru and it won i mean the alliteration is good just straight off the yes. bat and i looked it up i'm like okay you know one i'm thinking already and i've already put fletcher on and, the case and, and uh, as as i told you 
as I told you, when you first came up with the term, I said, no, that makes me grumpy. Right. And that's why it's good. And I said, Fletcher, come up with something rocking, but with like a little bit of a sitar Indian kind of vibe to it, because that's what I think of when I you know hear the word guru. And then I looked it up like, hey, I went to Wikipedia, which I know nobody should ever do. But guru is a Sanskrit term for teacher, guide, expert or master of a certain knowledge or field. And it's like, OK, well, this works. We have our grumpy old Ben's experts for donating anything. You're an official expert. You donate a penny expert. You get to a thousand dollars. Now you're going to be a guru. And it makes sense. You look at everything with the gurus, you know, they're leaders. They will do some, you know, they know things. And you said, well, we're, we're a long way from having to worry about that. And this was a conversation we had like we what, were a week or two ago. <laughs> yeah, we were. But it, it turns <laughs> out, it turns out we're not that far away because I did the accounting on this and I don't, this is not something we're going to do for normal folk. We, we work on the, the uh, system where you do your own accounting and you can send us proof. So, I mean, that would be very helpful to be like, Hey, I'm a guru. Here's when I donated and we can double check that it's easy enough to do. But I knew there was a guy that had to be close because he is the number one executive producer coming in today, which is our buddy Jay Finley, otherwise known as Duke Walkman to the folks over at No Agenda. And the note he sent us with the hundred bucks today was, hey, guys, Duke Walkman. Bye, guys. That was his note. But with anyways, this, uh, yeah, with this hundred dollar donation to grumpy old Ben's. I went and did the accounting for Duke Walkman. And with this donation, he is at $990. And I'm willing to throw in that last 10. I just want to uh, verify what he wants to be gurued as. I'm assuming guru Walkman of Buckeye, but that's up to him. And I don't want to guru him today. I want to make sure he's aware of it beforehand. But this is exciting news for the the little grumpy old Ben's podcast that uh, we have somebody at that level. And we've talked about Jay Finley in the past that he is the patron saint of podcasting. And he absolutely is because uh, I mean, I'm going to need a name for the thousand dollar level over at random thoughts too. Cause he's only a couple hundred bucks shy there too. So Jay Finley, you are awesome, my friend, and you are going to be the first uh, guru. Maybe we need to come and up with like it, a little Walkman pin or something that we could send people as far as when they become uh, gurus as he's like, uh, the, uh, maybe, maybe, we, maybe Sir Jeff Smith can start sending in jingle. Oh, wait, <laughs> we need jingles. Yeah, we, we do need jingles. Like I said, I put Fletcher on the case. I mean, no, we don't play jingles on this show, so we would never play it, but we may have to start. We should. <laughs> it, it's a possibility. It, we may I, have it, uh, Sir, Sir Walkman, uh, Jay Finley, uh, uh, thank you very much. It, it is very clear that he is uh, fully on board with the the model that that was pioneered by Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak, the value for value model, which is if if you get some value from this show, if you if you listen to this show and thought you know that that was that was worth a, a, a coffee or you know a small mortgage, whatever it is. Uh, however much value you got out of this show, uh, Jay Finley is absolutely participating in the model and he is sending value to us as, as thanks and as, as payment for, uh, he got, apparently he has received over the course of all these episodes, at least $990 worth of value 
from Grumpy Old Ben's, and uh, we appreciate it. And I am extremely happy that in in your accounting, Jay Finley, that you believe that you have received even that or that much value, because when we started this out, I don't think I was. I don't think I I, I saw that coming. No, I mean it's a beautiful thing. And what's Digi Guru rage quitting for? For a ripoff? What's a ripoff? He doesn't like Guru. I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> the, 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 the trolls be trolling. They do be trolling, and it's a beautiful. Hey, this is a thing in motion here on the Grumpy Old Ben's podcast. And without Jay Finley, we definitely wouldn't be here. He's pulling on the rope harder than everybody else out there, and that's a beautiful thing. But we do have another executive producer on today's show. And this is the aforementioned Vig that you were looking for from Cold Acid, who he looks like he has updated his monthly contribution to 50 bucks. So he's going to be getting an executive producership once a month. And he, he probably- he's going to be getting Rare Encounter posted after no agenda every <laughs> single show for the next month. It's like, you've got that Thursday slot now, Cold Acid, all it takes. And people are like, oh, 50 bucks. Well, no, that's not true, because now if somebody comes in, I mean, Midas yeah. could be like, hey, well, if got- somebody comes in with 51, you're out. Yes, right? this, is, this is exactly how the this is exactly how the system this, works. This, this is exactly how a lot of radio stations got shut down in the 70s. Yes, it's the pay for play. Come on, everybody. We're going to play the hits for you. Oh, no. Who's this new artist? Never heard of him. Oh, was oh, that a $20 bill with the single? I'm with you. Or no, usually it was probably cocaine or something else yeah. that was. uh back and why is this 45 really dusty it's like oh it's not dust <laughs> cool <laughs> but uh i mean there was no note because this is a monthly yeah, thing now, so cold ass i'm not doing cocaine on the air i'm trying to clean off the record right uh cold ass now if you want i mean if you have something that's not a monthly and you want a note read feel free to send that in to darren at grumpy old bens or ryan at grumpy old in this case, I mean, we'll just remind people that they should be listening to Rare Encounter with Abel Kirby. Oh, and Cold Acid. Right. That's that's who's the other guy in that show is. And you can find that show at rareencounter.net. They do that show live on their own stream. It's hard to find because their stream only starts when they're doing the show and then it goes away. So it's hard to keep up with. You have to watch for their bat signal, but it's Wednesday night, six o'clock central time. And they do a good show now that they're not doing all anime. It's it's a really cool show. Let's see. Okay. DM. Sure. You, you whatever don't think you it was a do, cool show. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Cold acid. We hear you. We love you. Keep up the good work with Abel Kirby. And we appreciate I swear one of these days. I'm going to figure out that mute button, by the way. Yeah. Well, it, it goes. It's either on or off. It, like you like to say things are Boolean. The mute button. Yeah. The mute button is in fact Boolean. Yes. It's, it's either on. Or it's off. I mean, to show to show just, you know, pull back the covers a little bit, show just how professional we are um, when when you're editing, you're probably going to notice a uh, a difference in sound quality for the first half versus the second half, because the second half probably doesn't have the bounce back from my desktop speakers because I forgot to put my damn headphones on. <laughs> how do you. OK, were you listening through the headphones? You were listening through the speak. You were going all Dvorak. No, I. Was, no, I no, I, I was going full Dvorak and, and had the desktop speaker. Now, it turns out I have a directional microphone pointed at my mouth and away from the desk. So you you probably didn't notice too much, but it's going to be in there. And anybody who listens back to this is going to be able to pick out exactly the moment while you were ranting when I got up and went upstairs to go get my headphones. So that I could... <laughs> yeah, that's professional. That is 
that's some good stuff. Although I didn't notice. So the noise gate may have kept you out, which is the beautiful thing in the Motu Ultralight MK4. But coming in also today. Yeah, we're, we're just too good for this market. We are. We're too tight. Too tight for this market yes. is, is what Adam Curry likes to say. Coming in at 3373, which I, that's 73. I don't know what that's about. Uh, from Jason Howard. Threes. Yeah, they're three, three, seven, three. I, I'm not a ham, but even I know what that is. Seven's lucky. What? The 73 or the three, three? Se- 70. Well, okay. Actually, all I know is the 73s is some kind of ham greeting. Oh, well, that's what, see, this is, this is code and you can put code and you can put messages in and you can, I mean, really, you could signal anything you want in a message with your donation. And we read them all pretty much right now. And that will stop at some point because they're getting to be more and more, which is good. But he said, I thought a good idea would be a PayPal versus Bitcoin donation segment on a weekly basis. I donate, say, 333 weekly to Sir Bemrose in his form of crypto that I might be able to purchase. Darren takes PayPal for a similar amount. For the record, this is just to catch Bemrose up. I'm not 100% sure he was properly thanked. Keep poning the clouds. See, we do share everything 50-50 when the donations come in. This isn't a system of yes, like, yes, I just take everything. Donations for this show are, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I believe it or not, I'm not doing this for free. I'm not I'm not coming on. Yeah, I mean, obviously, being able to rent at at the world is is a side benefit. But uh, yes, when donations come into grumpy old Ben's, uh, they're they're split between us. When donations come into random thoughts, uh, despite all of my badgering, I haven't got any <laughs> daring to send me any of that. No, not quite yet. But see, I mean, the beauty of you not listening to me is you're like, oh, people are donating. I mean, <laughs> the donations, I mean, just like. Wait, we talked about this. There was um, the guys that do the modern rogue show, Brian Brushwood, and I forget the other guy's name. Yes. But uh, they had a thing where they were talking about it was secret messages hidden in newspapers, but they were talking about a study that was done on people who consider themselves lucky and those who don't. And one of the things they had these people do was look through a newspaper or like a magazine that they had prepared. That said, count how many photographs or images are in this magazine or newspaper, whichever it was. And halfway through, there was an image that said, if you're taking a part in this study, you found this image, you get a hundred dollars or something like that. And the people that actually saw that read it and you know said, I found this. You can stop now. You don't have to keep looking. This was the point of the whole thing. The people that found that were the ones that were lucky and the ones who just got to the end. They were like, <laughs> yeah, there were like 70 photos. What's the point? Yeah, they were not so lucky. Is, is, is it luck or is it just the ability to pay attention? I think it may be the latter of the two. But, uh, you know, that's the beauty of if you just ignore the donation segments, I wouldn't have to share with you. So, I mean, this is the part if you want to just zone out. I mean, like the whole Jay Finley thing. I mean, the guy's only like five bucks. I mean, don't, don't I even, understand. Don't even worry about it. Uh, coming yeah. in at twenty dollars. The, the thing is, in in my household, I'm not the one who handles the money, and somebody else does pay attention. Oh well, you see, not so you have, you're you're gonna have to you're gonna have to deal with her. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded very ominous. <laughs> it's not like you know. It's like that was like, yeah, you're gonna have to deal with her. Yeah, I'm like, nope, don't want to don't want to screw at least. I mean, uh, just take all my money. Just I'm I don't nope. Coming in at twenty dollars. Hey, Nong Man, which is an interesting name from No Agenda Social, says, hey, guys, saw some cash lying around in the PayPal. 
and send it along. Keep up the good work, Brian or Hey Nong Man. And we appreciate that, Brian. I mean, really, if you see cash laying around in your PayPal account and that bothers you, I mean, if you want the amount, I mean, a lot of people. And it should. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're like, you know, I really shouldn't keep any money in here. Well, I mean, you could put it into your bank, but you could also just be a hey, grumpy old man. Or, you know, if you don't like things that don't end in a, you know, even number, just feel free to send whatever you need over to make yourself feel good. And we definitely appreciate that. Get Just clean out the PayPal. Just be tidy. Be tidy with it. Coming in at 15 bucks, Farmer Todd, also over from uh, No Agenda Social, he says, I like your show, even though I don't know shit about computers. <laughs> Neither do we. We're faking this. We know yeah. nothing about uh, we're, we're our, our expert in tech is far eclipsed by our expertise in in being able to make you think that we think about tech. Yes, which is why, why we bring on cold acid and progo and void zero and people that uh, eat, drink and sleep this stuff. But uh, that's why we have experts. He says, uh, keep up the great work and keep eating beef like you have to tell us that farmer Todd. Yeah, yeah. Like you have with bacon. Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, if you're going to have that, you need to have a little, I would make a terrible Muslim. Yeah. It's like, you can't wait. You can't eat bacon. That's, that's a deal breaker. Yeah, I'm I'm out. And a nice big steak. I mean, I was trying to get, although it was American, not the, uh, not the Japanese YU beef and our little grocery store here even sent out a thing. They sent out an email like, Hey, we're getting a limited amount of this YU beef and, you know, a few different cuts. And they're like, if you want it, you have to pre-order it now. And this was like on Sunday. And it's like, well, you can pick it up on Wednesday, but you have to order it now. So I ordered, got my confirmation number. They texted a reminder on Wednesday. So my wife goes to pick it up after work. And they're like, oh, we don't have anything. What's your number? Got the number. They didn't have it. I'm like, you assholes. I wanted some beef. They're like, okay, I'm going to stand here while you go out and get more. Yeah, kind of. And there was still a few of them like left on the cart. And it's like, well, what about those? Well, those are for other people. Yeah, but I'm here right now and they're not. Those are for people. Wait, wait. Are you (laughs) suggesting those are for people who had reserved it? Because here. (laughs) Yes, I reserved it. I have a number. And I was like, you know, I I guess. I mean, there are other places I can order beef from. And there's a a really good place, uh, you know, a little bit further away, but they deliver. If you order enough, which is good. That's what we did at the start of the pandemic. Yeah, it's called Whittingham Meats, and they're out of uh, Alsip, Illinois, and they do really good stuff. And I'm sure they have some YU. So if I want to order it, I mean, it might be a little bit more expensive because even this was, I think it was like 25 bucks a pound. So, I mean, it was going to be some, I was like, well, you know, it's like a pound and a half between a pound and a pound and a half. You couldn't choose how much I'm like, okay, I'll throw it in because I've never had YU. And I don't know how good it is. I don't know if you've ever had YU. I've had some good steaks, but never the YU. And I'm like, well, you know, I haven't been to a steakhouse. And I can tell you exactly when, because my parents took my wife and I out for our wedding anniversary last March. So it's been a full year since going out to a steakhouse. I'm like, okay, I'll buy. I'll buy. I can make it myself. I know enough about making meat that I can get by with that. But no, no meat, Uh, no meat. I I am. Just like with wine, I'm one of those Philistines who have not refined my palate enough to tell the difference between a medium quality cut of beef and a super high quality cut of beef. And the reason is the, you know, the, the argument I always give with wine is, well, if I never accustom myself to knowing what really good wine tastes like, then I can drink (laughs) vinegar and be happy with it. Right. It's only once you know how good it can actually get. 
like with with coffee i can never go to pick up the the store brand coffee at at this at safeway anymore i have to i have to grind my own beans and they have to be locally roasted i i fucked myself up uh you know same with beer i can't i can't appreciate a pbr anymore because i know what uh you know a good microbrew lager tastes like you see and that's so one I'm of the reasons do that with with everything yeah one of the reasons why with coffee I almost always use a little bit of a creamer or something in it because I don't really want to get to the point where I'm like, oh, which coffee tastes better? They all taste the same. Once you put some Snickers creamer yeah. into it. Well, up. OK, here's the trick. If if you if you really want all coffee to taste the same and it just always go for the dark roast because or or, or always like if you're out and about, always buy at Starbucks. Right. Because if the only thing you can taste in your coffee is charcoal and you have to add so much milk and sugar that you can't even tell there's coffee <laughs> in it, then you're good. You could be drinking. You could be drinking filtered charcoal and you'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, as soon as you start drinking a light roast black and can tell what region it was farmed in, the coffee beans were farmed in, uh, you're you're done. I mean, uh, the only one I can tell. And this is just because we had bought a few of the K-Cups. And I know there's varying degrees of this stuff and K-Cups are the devil. But the Kona coffee is well, the only one I can taste the difference in. It's a much sweeter thing. Yeah, my my mom occasionally sends me a bag of Kona coffee. We have to savor that stuff. Well, I would hope so since she lives there. I mean, she should be like every Yeah, she, she does, in fact, live in the <laughs> Kona district. Every month she should be like, here, I'm grabbing because you yeah, can st- not quite every month. It's more like once a year. So, oh. I, you know, I need to have a conversation with her. Come to think of it. Yeah. Just load her up with a bunch of the what would you need? Medium size United States Postal Service the, uh, the rate problem. You know? the, but I, I, I have to bring it. Just bring this in. The problem with the Kona coffee that you get, especially anything you get on the mainland, is the vast majority of it that you find in in Safeway or Albertsons or QFC yeah, or like 10%. It's yeah, it, it says Kona blend on it, which means it's mostly uh, a cheap Colombian coffee with 10% Kona beans. And when I go down there, I will drink the 100% Kona coffee because, of course, it's available. And it's like but heaven roasted. It, it's really good. Uh, roasted Kona coffee, even down there, if you pick it up at the plantation, is on the order of $25 to $30 a bag. It, it's not cheap. Having it shipped out here for full real Kona coffee is a bit expensive. And so I, I understand why it's not going to happen all the time. But um, I know on uh, on a no agenda social, there's one guy who who lives on the big island. Uh, it goes by Rob of the volcano. Um, and he has complained on multiple occasions. And I totally agree with this, that uh, the the big coffee roaster companies the the multinational stuff that ship it all over the world are really screwing over the kona growers because the their kona blend um they're calling things kona blend that have less than 10 percent or sometimes no kona coffee in it just because the word kona is a fantastic marketing term that says we can charge three dollars a bag more on this coffee just because the word kona appears there but they're not paying the kona growers anything and uh the i know that that Hawaii has been talking about going all uh, EU on the, the coffee industry and saying, if, you know, if you want to use the word Kona, we're going to file it as a trademark or whatever. And you are not allowed to do this unless you have a certain percentage. Um, I, I hate that kind of, of restriction, 
But at the same time, multinational corporations screwing over little farmers is is definitely the kind of tear jerking story that that gets regulation put in place. Well, yeah, and that is misinformation or that's at the very least intentionally trying to make somebody believe they're getting something they're not, which I just saw a story today. There are people suing Subway, not the first time, but they're suing Subway this time because it turns out they're uh, tuna sandwiches. No tuna. No tuna at all. <laughs> I mean, okay. Oh. I mean, yes, it's like tuna. You know, it's kind of like what there's, uh, what's it, monkfish? There's some something kind of that tastes feeder fish. Yeah, there's something like monkfish, right? That tastes like lobster. And sometimes, yeah. you know, there's like lobster type product. But yeah, I guess the, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of scavenger fish out there that are really easy to catch with you just vacuum up off the bottom and they taste like whatever the hell they've been eating. Yeah. Gross fake tuna, says uh, Carolyn Blaney of the Hog Story Blaney's. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's you, you yes. can't call it a tuna sandwich. Now, you could call it like a, oh. you know, seafood sandwich or something like that. But the, you know, call I, I remember uh, 10, 12 months ago, uh, hearing a story. It might, I think I might have heard this story originally on Hog Story where Subway got into trouble with their bread. Yes. Because they were not able to call it bread because it had so much sugar that by the legal definition, it was a pastry or something. Yeah, there was. Yeah, that's. uh not and, and that's you- true you ever walk into a subway you order something like you order a sub sandwich you're like holy crap this bread has a lot of sugar in it yeah well it's garbage food and i mean i don't mind eating garbage food every now and then i mean you know about once a year maybe that's although it's been longer than a year now about once a year it's like oh i really want a big mac or a quarter pounder and then you remember how salty it is but it's delicious yeah. at the time but I, when it comes yeah, to every sub, time that I have a Big Mac or a quarter pounder, then the next morning reminds me of why I don't. But <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, it, it sticks with you like White Castles. They're just, you know, there's sometimes you just need to consume, even though, you know, the end result is not going to be pretty. But when it comes to sub sandwiches, yeah, the result will not be pretty in the end. Oh, yes. yes in the end. Right. There's always there's always that uh, there's always that to be worried about. But uh, when it comes to a sub, you know, I can. Get some Dietz and Watson, good turkey, a pretzel bun at the local grocery store. Way better than anything you yeah. can get at Subway. So, I mean, we got a, we got a place here called uh, Red Rock Subs that have uh, a selection of sauces that they like. They let you watch their their prep area in the back is behind glass. So you can sit there and watch them prepare the sauces. And it it's all it's so much better than Subway. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is actually good food. Who knew? But yeah. well, I, I I don't know if it's necessarily good. I mean, the sourdough is still a giant loaf of carbs, but uh, it's a tasty loaf of carbs that it is. And next on the donation list for today is comic strip bloggers, salty cucumber donation, which was the first donation we had for the show, which was nice because I I pointed out on Monday we we hadn't had any donations and then things really went uh, poorly from there. But we'd like to thank comic strip blogger coming in. So it's 1147. Uh, but it was instead of 0.0033 Bitcoin, this is now the 00033 Bitcoin. So there's an extra zero in there because uh, inflation of Bitcoin is yeah. shrinking the donations from CSB. But I get it. He still has the bounty on John C. Dvorak, who uh, hasn't said yes or no yet. But we're not hassling him. Unlike what he said, we would still like John to come out on the show. And we'd like to thank uh, although, uh, John, if hassling would make it more likely, then we can start. Yes. I mean, if that would make uh, your life more fun, if you wanted us to start, you know, going, hey, come on, man, we really want you on the show. Comic strip blogger demands it. 
which I mean, that would may turn everybody off, but uh, everybody should check out his, his little website at uh, comicstripblog.com. I believe it's just blog, not blogger, but uh, I mean, you hadn't seen, I mean, he, he, he put us down in, in, in character format after Mondays. Uh, he, he, he called it like he saw it, <laughs> which was fabulous. I mean, I laughed so hard when I saw that and I'm like, no, it wasn't accurate. Cause he had the, my character being like, I hate you. I can never do show with you. It's like, no, nobody said that. I, thought, I mean, that, that was pretty much what you said afterward when, was, when we were, was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we can play uh, into that. I mean, people like that. They uh, like I mean, the there's drama. no recordings of it, but I'm claiming that. Yes. Well, okay. What do you turn into a leftist? Anonymous sources say comic strip blogger. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You, it, well, experts CSP, agree. Yes. CSP can be our, uh, uh, a nameless sources. That'd be cool. But uh, coming in next on the list, Sir Gary Blatt with 10 bucks says, I hear Bemro still needs that new microphone. <laughs> thank you for your courage. Keep up the good work, Sir Gary Blatt. So, yes, thank you, Sir Gary. And I know there was talk there. There has been some movement. There's been talk, but no new microphone yet. And uh, I think it's impending, though. Is, is that is that fair to say it could be? It is. Impending? Uh, it, it, it's pending. It's, uh, it's it's pending a number of things. One is uh, the, the freeing up of funds to invest in a new microphone. And the other is uh, I'm not actually getting enough pushback of people telling me my current microphone sucks. OK, so it's like the Dvorak model. What you really want then is a lot of people to be like, you know, you really sound like crap, Ryan. On that grumpy old Ben show. I, well, I yes, we know that, but that's not the microphone. <laughs> right. Why does that other guy sound so much better than you? Why? You're like, well, yeah, well, it's it's during character creation. Some of us put stat points into uh, voice and some of us decided to use that <laughs> as a dump stat so we could uh, buff other things. We're going to play some D&D, huh? Something well, like that. Live on the show. That'd be a good show. We're just playing D and D and then release that like a three hour I, show. I would bet that there are no shortage of D and D podcasts out there. Well, there's everything out there, this, but there's everything yeah. out there now. And that's, it's interesting. Um, doing, which is, I, I'm excited about no matter what you say. I'm excited about going on. Who are these podcasts tomorrow with Sir Carl? I'm excited about being in, in their discord channel and trolling you. Yeah. I've got to be in discord. I'm like, he's like, is discord. Okay. I was going to be like, why don't you think sound matters? But I figured that would be a bad way to get off on the uh, get off on the wrong foot with that. Uh, well, no, that'd be exactly the right foot. It's what I would do. Yeah, which it, might be why I haven't been invited on that show. But you, you never. Know. Well, see, I'll, um, I'll just I'll nudge him. Uh, no, it turns out so to get the Discord on. audio model is is their their free service gives you ninety six kilobits compressed, and the sound is not fantastic. However, if you pay then um they can increase your audio quality and it's it's called server boost uh it's it's so um the discord model is that people who have joined the server can pay money to discord on your behalf and if enough people do it then they bump your audio quality well um last i checked uh the WATP discord has still still not run out of their pay subscription for the audio boost <laughs> so it's not quite as bad as most places no and i've listened to a bunch of the shows and the guests don't sound poorly they don't sound bad so i'm assuming they were using discord so uh we, we will see how it goes we will definitely report back but that'll be saturday afternoon i think you said what one o'clock eastern yeah. or one o'clock uh 
It's something like that. That's about right. And then uh, while we're we're talking about things we're doing tomorrow, um, I did want to mention that uh, for anybody in the Puget Sound area, I will be at the No Agenda Puget Sound Convergence Zone meetup at 5 p.m. tomorrow uh, on the Everett waterfront. Oh, so it's an outside one. Do you have to wear your mask? Well, it's no. Yeah. And that's why it's going to be outside. The the brewery actually has indoor and outdoor seating, but nobody sits indoors because you have to sip your beer through a face diaper. That's well, that's extra filtering. But they have, (laughs) and, and sometimes when you get like a good wheat beer or something, you want it to be cloudy. You don't want it filtered. Yeah, that's true. You know, know, too clean is not good. But anyway, the, the, yeah, they, they have outdoor seating and it sounds like that's what we're going to do so that nobody has to wear a mask. Uh, Inslee has not gone the California route and backed off any, requirements after the orange man has been defeated wow nothing's changed yet but but washington never had a uh a mask mandate for outdoors they have the social distancing mandate for outdoors but i don't have to worry about that i just walk around outside without a mask and everybody crosses the street before i get there so i don't even have to do my own social distancing other people are doing it for me I mean, to be fair, they were doing that before the mask stuff. Yeah, it had they? nothing to do with Inslee. <laughs> just like, so get out of the, it's Bemrose, get out of the way. But yeah, that should be fun. So I mean, this is the first meetup that uh, you'll be at since all the COVID. And since is this is the first meetup since Grumpy Old Ben's began. So, I mean, we can kind of hijack this. Yeah, quite be, possible. You, I mean, you should be the. Uh, um, I, I due to. uh issues i don't want to go into i i was invited to a meetup with billy bones a few months back and didn't end up being able to make it which was really unfortunate because i would have liked to make that one but i do intend to make this one i'm just giving away a bunch of grumpy old ben swag no <laughs> you just hit you got to hit some people in the mouth what what is what for a guru oh i'm sorry are you asking me to do marketing yes yes i mean <laughs> word of mouth i guess at the very least be like they'll be like hey what do you yeah. do you'll be like I'm a podcaster. Yeah, I'll walk up and be like, I'm Sir Pemrose. I'm a podcaster. And suddenly the room is empty and I'm sitting here with a beer in my hand going, where'd everyone go? But you, but you like that an empty room and a beer in your hand. So cool. Uh, yeah, and I, I've been in worse situations. And that is true. And coming in in the final slots, Jeremy Cavanaugh coming in $10. I think that's a subscription as well. And I believe a new subscription from Gabriel Espinosa Flores with $7.50. We appreciate everybody for taking part in the value for value model here on grumpy old Benz. And if you want to take part, you can go to grumpy com. So you can add the slash donate. If you want to go right to a simple page, but either way it's in the right hand column, you have the donate button, which is PayPal one-time donation or monthly donation. You have the QR code and the address for Bitcoin. I'll have to add the one for Ethereum too. Now that I know I can take Ethereum. Anything that Coinbase takes, we can we have a wallet, so we should probably add all that. If people have various cryptos, I'm not really sure what's popular now, except like Dogecoin, which went way up and then crashed and then people couldn't sell. So it's all crazy. Or you can use the P.O. Box address to go the snail mail route. That is very much appreciated then because nobody takes a percentage anywhere in between. And if you have other things that you want to donate to the show, I mean, there's as Adam Curry says. You have your, you know, t- your treasure, you have talent in time. Well, there's, there's a bunch of T's that you can add. And 
Jaloud, who is in the troll room right now, uh, he, he, he wanted, I guess this is kind of a tryout for grumpy old Ben's. So this is a minute and 30 seconds. Let me just, let me know what you think. Cause you're the guy that would be the oh. best to, you know, you're kind of well, like the, we, uh, the Simon Cowell. Are you, are you taking auditions for replacing me yet again? I mean, I didn't put this out there, but they're, they're coming in. So I just wanted to know, like you could be Simon Cowell and you could decide his quality level of rant, which I think could be a great segment okay. that people send it's in. It's not audio. as good as me. Right. And you have to, you have to tell them what oh, that was. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I was giving my, I was giving my opinion. Right. You have Should to, I listen to it first? Is that how it was? Yes. Listen to it oh. first and then critique okay. his ranting ability. This is Jaloud. The time has come for a rant. What the hell is wrong with computer programs and operating systems that can't remember the settings you gave them a day ago? If there's one thing computers are really good at, it's saving information and recalling it. Perfect. They're, they're perfect at it. And you know what? The fucking programmers can't figure out a way to save it to the disk and get it back. When I was in high school in the 80s, we wrote a basic program, saved a couple of numbers to a diskette, and we retrieved it back perfectly. Last week, I lost two icons from my taskbar. I didn't have a Windows update. I didn't reboot. I just went to bed one night and came back out the next morning, and there's two icons missing. How, how does that happen? How do, how do they fuck up that bad? I changed my sound settings when one program gets too loud or another is too soft, and a day or two later, both programs will be mixed at full volume again. What what the hell is with that? What what the fuck? What are they what are they doing? And worst of all, when a program just decides that it knows better than I do, like when Skype decides that it knows what's coming out of my mouth and what's going into my ears better than I do, so it will adjust the levels for me because of course it knows whether I can hear something or whether the person I'm talking to can hear me. What the hell is that hubris? Just stop with the fucking AI and let me adjust the volume. Like I said earlier, computers are really good at some things and really horseshit at others. And the AI that they use to try to figure out what I'm hearing and what I'm saying sucks. Stop. Just fix the bugs that you have. Saving settings. Worry about new age shit later. All right, this has been a rant. I'm Jalad in NA Social and in uh, the chat room. Good luck keeping your settings. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, so how do you rate that rant? Yeah, good luck keeping your settings. But actually, that was good. That was uh, it. It worked. Um, I, I, you know, I was gonna try to cut in early on uh, because it was it was a little bit of a slow burn where he kind of started out and w- like the first ten seconds or so. I'm sitting here going, this guy has no emotion in his rants, but right. then he kind of added that and then started building up. And I mean, it was. It, it it built on itself, and by forty seconds in, when the f bombs started coming out, it, I mean there was definitely a stride. Yeah, uh, cold um, acid does agree though. Uh, it it could use more anger in the rant. Yeah, yeah, I felt like he, you know, he, if you're going to be able to rant like at the drop of a hat when you snap your fingers, it, then you need to be able to go from zero to furious a lot quicker. <laughs> Uh, and it also helps to, uh, well, I, I think that the language level was probably fine. Uh, I mean, there, there were, there were the F bombs for effect and not just conversationally like I drop them in, but that's just a style choice. Now uh, he did mention using Microsoft to bash on is always good. Right. That, that always wins points. I mean, yeah, you do like the Microsoft bashing. He did mention being in an apartment with some paper thin walls. So he, he didn't want to go the, uh, the Fletcher route where people would, uh, yeah. might be listening in. I was going to the, the, yeah, the only thing that I would have added and, and really this, this might require a willingness to uh, piss off the other people around you. 
Uh, I mean, God knows I do that all the time. Oh no, she's glaring at me. Um, but <laughs> You're like no uh, names, no could names. Have used, could have used more yelling. Yeah, if you're gonna rant. But, yeah. uh, otherwise, I mean, it it was good. It was it it hit a bunch of points. Uh, kind of repeated some points, but that's okay. When when you're if you if you can carry on the un, the uh, sufficient level of unhinged, then it's okay to repeat your points because then you're just hammering on it, which also has the the familiar nails on the chalkboard format that that i always go for in my rants yes and the emotion building and it's okay you don't have to scream the rant you can still get some anger just in the pacing and you don't necessarily have to raise the volume level yes uh yes when when you're like when you really get going when you really get passionate then your your words need to speed up and you need to get really gay like just start firing points and points and go fast it and i'm i'm sorry i'm not into it right now see you can't just turn it on huh I've heard that you can't just you can't. There's just, a cat. No, well, there you go. But I mean, do you have any other stories? I mean, this was a beautiful I, edition. W- yeah, I mean, we're we're officially over time, so I probably could wait for this. But I had a personal experience, and I'm certain I'm not the only one uh, with my uh, my universal basic income came Ooh. in. You mean and the, you mean your stimulus? It, it, yes. Well, I was unstimulated by it. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> why it's uh, free money from the government man they're just giving you free I, money with no strings attached nothing from the government is ever free or comes with no strings attached and uh let's see what is this this is the end of january so we got about two and a half months before we really uh before april 15th comes around and you will find out that there will be strings attached just letting you know yeah tax time yeah uh so uh, the last time that we had a a government stimulus for uh, a COVID stimulus, it came in at least for here. It came in in the form of a check or a direct deposit to the bank account or Correct. whichever. Right, we got a direct deposit this time around. Uh, what we got was an envelope in the mail which contained a prepaid Visa card. Ooh. Yeah, no problem. And, no. Uh, well, the, this this triggered me for a number of reasons. Uh, it, it started just seeing the card. I'm sitting here going, I would rather have had a check. And, and um, your name's right there on the card, too, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, e- everything is there. Um, so uh, $1,200 uh, for myself and for my wife was uh, prepaid onto this card. Um, so the you know 80% of the bill for the cares act ended up going to foreign pork barrel projects uh the 20% that is being sent to the american public uh is now being nickel and dimed by banks and in particular this card was issued by a bank called meta bank na from sioux falls south dakota now i am unfamiliar with this bank but they must have some incredible lobbyists to get this account because you know that they are making out like bandits um, I, I checked MetaBank has 10 retail branches in South Dakota and Iowa. So uh, not a huge national one, but apparently, uh, like I said, uh, if, if the government is using them to hand out cards, um, they are the ones getting uh, to underwrite all of this. You know that they're making a small percentage on this. So what's $1,200 times the total number of people who got sent these bank cards? They're making they're doing all right. Uh, Visa also probably doing all right. 
Um, well, yeah, because they do I, get a percentage. I mean, most people, I guess, understand this. If you don't, if you're whole, if you're totally new to the retail game and taking credit cards, as we talk about, even when we get something through PayPal as a donation, PayPal takes a percentage. I think it's like two or three yeah. percent. Same thing every time you use a credit card. And, and generally, you just chalk this up to, OK, it's, uh, uh, you know, we, we have to pay Visa or MasterCard because it's it's a big it's just the cost of of transferring money. It shouldn't be. Well, and to be uh, fair, apparently they do, they do even, give you some assurance. Bitcoin has you know, even Bitcoin has a built in. You can't give somebody money without some third party taking a percentage, which uh, is it's it's a tax. It's. I, I, I don't know. It is it's another you know reason what? why. I, I, whether, it's another whether, reason I like cash. Yeah. Well, whether, well, see, here's the problem with cash. If you buy something with cash and it turns out to be a brick inside of the laptop case when you get home and you bought it from Best Buy and Best Buy says, I'm not refunding your money. You have no recourse. Yeah, and then you go, you go there and pick up a truck full of rednecks <laughs> with guns and you sort it out. You know what? I like your. OK, I like your solution better. But credit card companies do some things. To yes, there, there, they buyer. do some things. I don't know. I don't know if the the services they provide uh, are enough to account for two percent of the entire economy being paid to them. No, I agree. That's a higher but, number than I'd like. Uh, uh, so this card uh, came with instructions on how to get your money, and it said the easiest is to activate the card and to just use it to make purchases which uh is of course supposed to stimulate the economy by sending all that money to amazon and walmart because they're the only businesses that are open right now no no robin hood got a lot of that money i bet (laughs) yeah probably um the but i didn't really you know i i always i'm i'm skeptical when i see stuff like this and and i saw okay i did not sign up for and i did not i've never heard of this bank before and i certainly did not enter a voluntary agreement to interact with them or or to you know enter a contract with them so i pulled up the fine print and uh the fine print is at eipcard.com for anybody who wants to to dig in i'm like i said i'm pretty sure i'm not the only one who got one of these uh but they have a card holder agreement which uh if you use your card or if you even activate it, they consider that to be uh, you've signed the cardholder agreement. And I'm not real. I, I am not one of those people that the vast majority of people are like, uh, you know, 800 pages of end of terms of service. Yeah, I'm sure nothing's I'm, I'm sure nothing could hurt me in there. It's fine. I'll just click through or I'll just sign or I don't do that. I don't sign things that I didn't voluntarily enter and I don't sign things that I haven't read. So fun things I found in the cardholder agreement. Uh, they have a fee schedule. Uh, they charge $2 per ATM withdrawal off of this card. Um, they charge 25 cents for an ATM balance inquiry. Uh, they charge $5 for a bank teller withdrawal. I, you know, all of this might be perfectly fine for a lot of pe- uh, people. A lot of banks charge fees that exorbitant. That seems like a hell of a lot. I've been with a credit union for quite a while who doesn't charge me anything for most ATM withdrawals and uh, it doesn't charge anything at all to see a bank teller. Although you can't see a bank teller now because they've closed all their branches because, oh, my God, COVID. But um, they are generally, you know, you can talk to a teller without having to pay them money. It, 
uh, all of you know all of this is is money these fees are money that metabank na is taking from the federal government on your behalf and now you don't have as much and that didn't sit well with me um some of the limitations in the cardholder agreement uh let's see in no event may the card be used to conduct illegal transactions well i don't intend to conduct any illegal transactions what if you're going to do so you wouldn't do it with a credit card (laughs) yeah well what business is that of yours why are you i i don't I, I, I have no intention of conducting illegal transactions with this money other than, you know, I, I guess you could insert the conspiracy argument about all income taxes being illegal, but whatever. Uh, but I don't want this bank injecting themselves into my transactions, whether they're legal or not. Um, they may, quote, limit the number or amount of transactions at their sole discretion. Uh, they may refuse to process any transaction that. Uh, they say that we believe may violate the terms of the agreement. Okay. Um, you are not allowed to, there, there is no stop payment or hold. So this is actually weaker than a normal credit or debit card. Um, if you pre-authorize, it will block all of the funds on it until the pre-authorization is released. Oh, so that's no going to a hotel or, or no even, going yeah. to a hotel where they pre-authorize the maximum amount that they can because yeah. suddenly your card is useless until you're out at check out of the hotel. Yeah. No bueno. Um, let's see. Uh, confidentiality. They have, uh, they are, they will only give out your information, uh, when it is quote necessary to complete a transaction. So to anyone, you, anybody you buy things from, they will send your info to, um, uh, to verify that you have an account, uh, with written permission for government compliance, all those are fine. Uh, or they will give out your information to quote employees, auditors, affiliates, service providers, or attorneys as needed, which means that if they want to make a marketing campaign, then their entire list of all of these people who were handed an account by the federal government can be handed out to their affiliates, whatever the hell that means. Just letting you know any information you give to MetaBank NA as a result of this card is probably not going to be private for all that long. Um, let's see. Uh, then the two things that were huge red flags I did not like at all. One is uh, in all caps near the bottom of the agreement. So you're probably not going to see it unless you read all the way down. Uh, you and we knowingly and voluntarily waive any right to trial by jury in the event of litigation arising out of or related to this agreement. There is a mandatory arbitration clause. Of course there is. Uh, which, which of course makes sense when you have a very large number of people who are suddenly handed accounts at this bank and did not ask for them or agree to it. And the probability of a class action arising out of anything that they want to do, especially if they have plans. And I don't have any evidence that these people are evil. Just that they're they're setting up the legalese to be evil and get away with it if they want. Um, if they have plans to screw a large number of people, there's not going to be an option for a class action suit. Now, what's the uh, daily so, ATM withdrawal? If you just want to go withdraw every dollar that's on this account, can you do that in one false swoop or uh, a fell, is it uh, fell swoop? There is a there is an ATM withdrawal limit. So uh, I think it will take you two or three withdrawals at the maximum um because i want to say the the limit is 200 and and it's 600 for the card or or 1200 because we got one card for the two of us uh and it, well, see, they charge you two dollars i mean i guess it's ATM because withdrawal, remember because you do your taxes together because otherwise it'd be like 
Why are you sending yeah. my money with her money? How do you know if we spend our money? Well, that's, um, I mean, I'm, I'm certain it came from IRS documents and we do file jointly. Uh, and then right at the very bottom, there is the standard clause that should cause everybody to run away from a particular agreement. But frankly, it's in every agreement online ever, which is, quote, we may amend or change the terms of this agreement at any time. <laughs> Get your money out quick. In other words, in other words, uh, if you think that any of the things uh, that all of the things I told you are in the agreement so far are perfectly fine and you're cool with this, then just be aware that without any say so from you, they can go ahead and insert new clauses or change stuff and you don't really have much recourse. So I did not agree to any of the clauses in this thing. So the one thing that I did was at uh, again at the very bottom of the terms of service uh, customer agreement what a cardholder agreement uh it said uh if you do not agree to this cardholder agreement please call our customer service line to have the money transferred to a bank account of your choice and that is exactly what I did. Oh so you're burying the lead. How easy was that? <laughs> I had to be on hold for about 45 minutes. Damn. But once you, once you got to, once you got to a person, I am not the only person who had to deal with this. See, but see, that's a genius. That is genius because I mean, I've talked about that with other things, which were mainly from uh, Xfinity for signing up recently with their cell phone plans. They offer gift cards and I hate the gift card payback, especially because I remember trying to use them somewhere. And the place wouldn't take it. So I figured out the easiest thing to do was if you have one of these and you have to and you don't have the opportunity to just call and have them send the money to your bank without paying any fees, get a square reader, get a square account, swipe the card, put the money into your checking account and take the hit on whatever the fee is to put the money there. Yeah, there is no way in hell I would use this as a debit card. There's just too many strings attached. If I were to agree to their cardholder agreement, it would be for the purpose of making precisely one transaction, which is to transfer all of money out to my bank. But if it it was, I would not say this was easy because that phone call was pulling teeth. These people clearly were not that interested in losing a customer. Yeah. Because you're not really a customer. I kind of wish I'd recorded it. I would just release it somewhere as bonus material. Be oh. like, yeah, this is the full phone call. But I didn't. Yeah, that would have been great. Because I was tuning and said uh, you took way too long to get to the punchline. But I just figured you're punishing us because you had to sit on hold for 45 minutes. That was part of it. And also <laughs> the, the gist of that story was not that I opted out of doing anything. It was uh, it, the for the vast majority of you people who are going to get this card and be like, oh, I'll just activate it and go on. Here's all the things that you have to be aware of. Yes. If you're getting one, I mean, most people, I think, will get it directly to their bank account because, I mean, we I hope were, so. we're sold on the, oh, it's so easy to do the direct deposit when you pay your taxes or get money back that they have most of those account numbers, whether that's good or whether it even matters. It's not like they, they couldn't find those things out. Uh, but you know, again, this is just another level of the privacy problems going on. And when your money, let's, let's all be honest, let's tie it into the free speech. We've been talking about the whole episode, which is those terms that they can change at any time could be, you've got 1200 bucks sitting on that card and you make a Twitter or Facebook post. They don't like, and they go, "Mm, we've taken that money back from you. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's 
And, and that ties into a, a theme we've had ever since what episode three of this show, which is uh, the biggest advantage of cash is not even its anonymity. It is the fact that cash cannot be turned off. And I'll, I'll just say it again. Beware of any kind of money that only exists electronically and pay attention to who has the ability to turn your money off. Yes. And that when that money can just go to because people will be like, hey, that's Bitcoin, man. Bitcoin will save us all. It's like, yeah, but that can go to zero. I mean, again, I get it. People are like, if you only understood Bitcoin, you'd be a convert. And it's like, no, no, I understand gambling. Yeah, if 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 only you understood the amount of power that Wall Street wields. And as soon as Bitcoin gets big enough to threaten what they're doing, they're going to go ahead and use their puppet, the government, the IRS to come out and make a proclamation that said Bitcoin is no longer legal in the world and see just how useful that is. Yeah. What is the what's the saying? I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying it could. The, the what's the saying is uh, to understand recursion. You must first understand recursion. And believe. Yeah, well, this is not the first time that somebody has come up with some new currency that threatened the existing order and the existing order looked at it and went <laughs> bug squash. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of uh, lots of little plebes get caught in the middle. That's why you have to diversify. I mean, put your money in some metals. You know, and stocks aren't totally bad, but that's gambling, too. So, you know, understand how these things work, because right now you can't get a damn good rate on any CDs or any savings account. And don't tell me that's not set up to intentionally push people towards things like the stock market and Bitcoin so they can go. <laughs> Pow, there goes your money. Just so I saw I saw a pair of headlines posted. It was uh, as a meme on NAS this morning. It uh, said uh, it was two different headlines, one of which said uh, uh, that wage earners have lost three point seven trillion dollars due to covid lockdowns. And the other headline was uh, that billionaires became three point nine trillion dollars richer during covid lockdowns. Yeah. And putting the two next to each other, it's like, huh, I wonder what that was about. Yeah, if you're in one of those businesses, I mean, we're lucky because I mean, well, not really lucky because I haven't been really doing much work except podcasting since having the eye issue. But my wife is working for a company that's still never really uh, besides a month. And that was just more of a blip than anything else has been working. So things haven't really changed all that much here. But I know there's a lot of people whose companies are shut down who, you know, if you work for a lot of restaurants, those lots just didn't make it. And, you know, I don't blame the system necessarily for some people were able to benefit from it. I mean, that's always been the way capitalism works. But when it's things like we're seeing with this Robin Hood and, you know, with uh, this this stock gaming and, uh, you know, the Bitcoin, the crypto, there's a lot of things that need to be monitored. And that's what hopefully we'll be doing. Over the next episodes, as we try to uh, stick things in a more technical area and try to get back to some sanity, because as we started the show, it was never meant to be a it was never, never meant to be a political show. But politics took over everything. COVID took over everything. And it's good and, now that things. are and, and it was it was the primary source of anger, at least in my life, was politics and not tech. 
Tech took a back seat, but but there are a lot of political shows out there, and frankly, it's it's not nearly my or your wheelhouse compared to some of the other things we should be talking about. So we need to we're, we're refocusing on where we can bring real value to to you, the podcast listener and the expert producer. Yes, and if, sometimes they will overlap, but we're just trying to do the things that make sense. Like, hey, you want to get off the Google train? We have answers for doing that. You want to get rid of the big banks? Obviously, you have answers, which is get away from the banks and use a credit yeah, union. I, 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 have, I have lots of answers. You might not like them. And they may not always be correct, believe it or not. But with that said, we'll be spewing some more of them come Monday, which uh, seems like just three days away. I mean, it's it's crazy how soon another grumpy old Ben's comes. But thanks to everybody oh, who's hanging Mondays. out in the troll room. Uh, I checked earlier. Uh, we did set a record for live listeners today, 121 at the height. So thank you for tuning in. I mean, they probably were hoping for uh, for some drama, but they didn't get it. They just got some good and some good, uh, hopefully entertaining content from grumpy old Ben's. And we'll be back to do that again on Monday. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where we're supposed to get like 10 inches this weekend. And yeah, that's not what she said. And from America's left coast, where we must never stop memeing for freedom. I'm Ryan Bemrose. You go to jail for memeing for freedom. (laughs) 